0: Can you be quiet, please? Thank you.
1: Welcome to Pirate Radio Live. There's local politics, bud.
2: I don't care about the weather. I can't control the weather. Don't want to talk about the weather. Sustained effort and violence. No, please. No, please. Everyone
3: be quiet. Was that supposed to be funny?
1: I got a little taco meat on my chest. Cool. Neat story.
0: I want to shake his hand. I want to shake his hand. I want to shake his hand. I want to shake hands.
3: Family. Let's get to pumping.
1: Now live from the Pirate Radio Studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host, Clip Brock. Welcome in to a
4: Tuesday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Clip Brock here with you inside the Pirate Radio Studios. Coming to you on Pirate Radio 92.7 FM in Greenville, 104.1 in Washington. We're on 1250, 930. Also online, PR927FM and you can watch the show and be a part of the show on Facebook Live and YouTube. Like Pirate Radio on Facebook. We drop stories there and and also videos that you can see every hour on the hour. Also, YouTube, Pirate Radio TV. Subscribe and catch all of our videos. We'll have some post-game ECU baseball video up tonight after East Carolina and Duke. So stay tuned to that coming up later on tonight after the pirates take on the blue devils in midweek action all right coming up on today's show boy things were looking good a few days ago when carolina was up two nothing in their series over the boston bruins it is now two to two in that series after two games in boston they're back in pnc arena tonight we'll talk about it with our resident Kaniac, brooks hill uh, is it time to hit the panic button if you are a uh, hurricanes fan Not yet. If they lose tonight, yes. But a big one coming up tonight, 7 o'clock on ESPN. We'll talk about it. And the rest of the Stanley Cup playoffs coming up with Brooks Hill. We've got some championship action going on in Greenville this weekend. It's the AAC softball championships going on. East Carolina will play South Florida coming up Thursday at 5 o'clock. We'll talk to the first-year head coach of the ECU softball team, Shane Winkler, about hosting the AAC tournament. And uh, recap his first year here at East Carolina. Pirates looking to pull the upset over the Bulls coming up on Thursday. We'll talk about that at 4 o'clock with Coach Winkler. Mark Brown, CamdenChat.com, joins us to talk O's baseball, look around Major League Baseball. We got Orioles and Cardinals going at it tonight. A little interleague action right here on Pirate Radio. Also, getting close to the debut of Orioles' prospect, their number one prospect, Adley Rushman, we'll talk to Mark Brown about that as well. Coming up at around 4 30 and at 5 o'clock. Sorry, ladies, and uh some gents, I guess. He's a married man. Bryce Williams is hitched and he will join us at 5 o'clock today.
5: Well, dang. Fresh off he, a wedding. I thought he'd be fresh on a honeymoon right now.
4: I think they're going on a honeymoon later this year. I believe uh, if what he told me is true from last week, they. Might have went uh, for a little beach getaway, but they're back and he'll be back with us at five o'clock. Well, that's some exciting
5: news clip, Brock.
4: Is he, uh, does he feel any different? Does he look any different? Does he smell any different? We'll find out. My Um, guess is no.
5: To all those? My guess is that he's just happily married and he's just going to have a glow (laughs) about himself like he always does. Yeah.
4: The typical Bryce glow.
5: Has he ever come in here in a bad mood?
4: Never. You need to ask him when's the last time you were in a bad mood? I can get him going talking about the draft process and the uh, specifically the Carolina Panthers. He hates the Carolina Panthers oh, really? organization. Is that that that's like a button that you can get Bryce? That's really the only button. Uh, in fact, today at five, I'll see if there's any other buttons I can press. I'll ask him when's the last time he's been mad about something.
5: If you told him that he that you got Anna a Panther sweatshirt for their wedding <laughs> present, that, that would probably really make him angry.
4: I would think so. He's, uh, he's not a fan of that organization. So, uh, yeah, outside of that, I don't know. I, I can't recall a time where Bryce has been angry, really. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we'll have fun with Bryce Always Williams fun. coming up at 5 o'clock. Uh, you can chime in on Facebook Live, on Twitter, and be a part of the show. Steve Hill's gone mad on Facebook live. He has a lot of soundbite requests, but Shirley is not manning the board at the moment so he cannot fulfill those. Is Chandler trying to step in? Wow are That's, we doing a, a shift change here CJ coming into video? Content junkie. Chandler, can you really handle this because this is a lot of comment a lot of lot of lot of sound bites here. All right, Steve Hill says burgly. A burgly. A burgly. A burgly. A burgly. A burgly. Thank you. He also says swinging dingers. Now Shirley. Swinging dingers? Shirley's back helping out Chandler. Uh, Rick Flair. Woo! Rick Flair. Um. Woo! Was that supposed to be funny? Was that supposed to be funny? Two little butt cheeks. It's two little butt <laughs> I, cheeks. I hate cocky clip. Is that up there? Nope. nope not up there. Sorry. Family. All right, that's it. He gets family in the open. I think that's kind of being greedy. Yeah, hey, look. Stop being greedy. Um, Susan Dean says, hashtag fire Matt Rule.
5: she do that every day?
4: Yeah. Okay. Uh, And one day... You look a little salty. (laughs) One day it's going to happen, and uh, she will rejoice. But as of right now, he is still employed by the Carolina Panthers.
5: LRB. There's really no option for Matt Rule other than to get fired. Because he'll either be successful... because. He's not going to leave to go to another NFL team, right? If
4: like if, he's if like, anything, what? he'd leave to go back to college.
5: Probably. What if he went like 12-4, and 12-4, 12-4, you know? Yeah. And then, like, I mean, ultimately at some point, the game's going to
4: end for him. Unless s-
5: you, cause you don't really see him resigning.
4: It still doesn't feel like the right fit. Matt Rule? Yeah. I, I don't know. It's still weird. I don't, we can ask Chandler about it. Nah. Chandler, how do you feel about Matt Rule on this uh, Tuesday?
0: Um, I still find it weird whenever I see him highlighted or, you know, as the Carolina Panthers head coach because I still see him at Temple. I remember that Thursday night when Temple came to town, uh, what, riding an undefeated season. So I still see him as a college coach uh, specifically at Temple. And for him to be the Carolina Panthers coach going into his third year is still very weird. And – uh you know time's ticking for him because five wins in his first two seasons each is not going to get it done in the nfl so that's uh, like your
5: mom seeing you as a 16 year old still chandler you seeing him back at temple that's just i don't i not I, I wouldn't i didn't even read i forgot that he was at temple
4: really <laughs> I mean, that's what he's known for i thought he was known for baylor well he was there he was known years. for rebuilding both of those programs yeah Yeah. but i mean baylor
5: was like a train wreck when he took over
4: his first year at baylor he was one in 11. have you forgot he was at temple because they beat east carolina when east carolina was ranked and you put it out of your memory how do you not remember him at temple he used to beat ecu every year well i thought more temple was beating
5: ecu than matt rule was it his genius coaching that was beating east carolina
0: you had pj walker robbie robbie anderson
4: I, I mean it certainly
5: helped
0: they
4: yeah. had two 10 win seasons there. we
5: lost so much to temple there for a while it was just kind of tough
4: yeah it was kind of
0: brutal the really. one in t- the one at temple
5: i was wondering it, i had to look rained. up to
4: see if he was the coach there that was 2014 right? I, I think that
0: was jeff collins
4: it was not it was 2014 he was at temple that's what. that's when you remember him yeah <laughs> <laughs> jeff collins uh is he still at georgia tech they stink uh, yeah
5: they Freeze. haven't fired him he's probably on the hot seat he
4: is definitely hot, Lana
0: did he wear the like capri pants
4: i don't know i know him from wearing the uh vest, the vest? at all times yeah.
0: capri pants
4: he wears a vest and like a white undershirt
0: he wears like a
4: under the under the vest to show off his guns if you were a head coach what would you wear clip rock in college football
0: <laughs> it would have to be the sleeveless sweatshirt because you look really good in that <laughs> east carolina football so be, sleeveless that's sweatshirt. what matt rule wears right? can
4: you wear a tracksuit? wow in college football i don't know what ted
0: lasso wears
4: yeah yeah i uh, i don't know i guess i'd have to conform to like uh i can go polo mike houston you go khakis and polo goes a nice polo yeah that would kind of fit in but everybody's getting real lax today on wardrobe uh, i don't know if it's hit college football yet but so I, you,
5: you wouldn't be hoodie guy like belichick
4: yeah i love a hoodie yeah
5: but man and
0: wear it all the time no have, i'd have, sh-
5: would you i mean would you go i mean you're a big hat guy you wouldn't switch over to a visor would you
4: no nah, i don't like visors i would wear a hat and i love hoodies but most of the football season i guess at the tail end of the season i could wear a hoodie but i'm a, as a hefty man i sweat quite a bit so. sharpie or pencil on the sideline uh if those were my options i'd go pencil because i'd be changing things a lot <laughs> need second eraser. guessing myself
5: need an eraser <laughs> yeah um so yeah what, what would be more dangerous to recap you clip rock the head coach his uh transcript on the headset or his text messages like if uh like what would be what would be more fun to to, to listen to or read like my current text messages yeah or if clip rock was coaching a game like uh, what would be more what would be more entertaining or juicy
4: Probably my text messages. I mean, I, I don't think... You don't are think you saying I would have colorful language? Uh, I Would you, you think you wouldn't have a colorful Probably language? so, but no more than any other coach. Than normal? Yeah. Okay. Speaking of colorful language, Troy yeah. D's here. Troy D, now...
5: Now, Troy, D. that'd be a good question for Troy. D. <laughs> Current text messages, or or he says none of the above. No, get him out of here. He, he's leaving the building. He does not want to be a part of the show.
4: Yeah, I'm uh, LRB loves these throw people under the bus hypotheticals, and he's got a good one today.
5: Well, so. I just like to, I just like to get people thinking.
4: Yeah. So would anyway, you be
5: as a head coach.
4: Yeah, I would be fired pretty quickly. I don't know. I, I probably as much as I know this media thing uh too sarcastic and, and probably straightforward on my press conferences
5: what would you struggle with the most if you were a head football coach
4: being uh, too honest coming into pirate radio and having to answer dumb questions from people like you okay see that's an example of what i would do right Um <laughs> nah, uh, well first of all i just <laughs> <laughs> I, that, was, that was a joke. Unnecessary. I would struggle with the, uh, the X's and O's part of it, LRB. Right. That would be a uh, yeah. start. Because uh, you're
5: a lot better just sitting at a bar, second-guessing somebody, than you are hey. actually making decisions on your own.
4: Or playing Madden or right. uh, college football. I'm good at that. What do you think your winning percentage is in Madden? Oh, man. Got to be 700, 800. Yeah, pretty good. So you're a you Hall of Famer? Little-known fact, I won a Madden tournament in Greenville, North Carolina. At... Um, it used to be, or is it still GameStop? Whatever it is. They had one at the GameStop? Yeah. This oh. was like 2000. I, so Trung Candidate was the running back for Washington because I played with Washington. It was like 03, 04. Oh, wow. Something like that. And uh, there was only like seven people in it. So it was kind of lame. But I won three games. I went 3-0, and won the championship, and didn't get squats. And I felt like uh, our guy in the Dick Burger contest. No, I get nothing. Does no, anyone nothing. really care? <laughs> Why, well, somebody out there. Nah, nobody cares. Uh, I got some kind of like gift bag, like 15% off your next game. Yeah, you got something. I felt really, you, Look,
5: you got You got three minutes on this program
0: to tell that story. <laughs> <laughs> You're the best around. It's not. A, it's not as best as the... Uh, as bad as, as, uh, as the story last week with Igo. I'm, I'm, Berkley, I'm, uh,
4: Berkley, <laughs> a I'm not one of the nation's best storytellers.
5: Yeah, If Troy would have won the Madden Championship at GameStop, we'd have to take three commercial breaks. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's
0: take a timeout, and when we come back, he'll
5: get into part two of yeah. his story. How he beat Joey in game two <laughs> coming up next.
4: Speaking of which, you um, you are not a fan of our derby pool just all of it uh, you, you were trashing us via text message
5: i just thought it was way over complicated <laughs> i just thought i mean how, I'll, it, I'll put it into this word
0: disaster <laughs> it was a disaster
5: well i thought it the, was a i thought the most appropriate the most appropriate thing happened that it took you an hour on friday to all
4: get horses, and it took you two minutes on Saturday to all be losers. <laughs> that was Ellerby's text after the Derby. He yes. said, it's time to fold up the horse the horse racing league. If it took you that long, to to do the pool, do the draft, and then everybody loses. It's just like the XFL. <laughs> you start it up and then boom, it's Th- folded. That's an insult to the XFL. <laughs> we had big ideas. We had big dreams, LRB, and they all came crashing. Yeah, down.
5: I thought I thought it was it was an embarrassing thing to uh the late Dr. Randy Parker. That it was. I was was embarrassed for him and and what he used to come in here and do for us on the Kentucky Derby. But, uh, you know, I think... What What a
4: resource he was, though. We don't have that guy now. We need a new guy he was amazing yeah I mean, he
5: studied it and uh you know i mean a person that could be possible i have to check he's nowhere near probably the drp because he was just an expert at it but my my brother-in-law tim the tank
4: loves the ponies so does he know like what race these horses have won in the yes. past and things so he, that, he, i find that interesting no,
5: that that's his new thing now he he just went out to california and went to some horse races okay i mean he just that's what he enjoys doing that's like his sport of choice now like it's you know he still likes football and all the other stuff but like he really enjoys going to like he goes to like Lexington to the races up there like when he plans vacations if his wife is willing he'll go to Florida California or uh, Kentucky to go to races so I,
4: I wish I would have favored it or liked this tweet so I can pick uh, so I could remember this but it it said that like sixteen of the twenty horses that ran in the Derby are. Family members of a horse from North Carolina. Like if you go back to the twenty three and Me genealogy or whatever, <laughs> like they, they, they're all descendants of this one horse from North Carolina. Really, but you didn't know who it was. But I don't know. I didn't say. I, I wish i had to saved that information. It could have just been a random fake tweet, but I'm going to assume it was real. uh But it would be cool to know the backgrounds, the history, and you know, it probably wouldn't help you win any money or anything. It's such a crapshoot, but. It would be interesting to know, at least. Yeah, I mean,
5: h- horse racing is all about the story because it's really only two minutes. But uh, it, it, the, the derby is, is, is something tremendous, and uh, it ends up having a great story for somebody in the winner's circle. Just none of you guys.
4: <laughs> <laughs> well, every next week, we've got the Preakness and the PGA Championship. And, of course, we're going to do a pool for both of those and i'd love to welcome you uh to invite you Ned, thanks okay I'm, I'm you're busy <laughs> uh yeah i'm gonna be uh,
0: unavailable <laughs> all
5: right I may not even be able to come on the show if that's what we got to talk about <laughs>
0: do you really blame this guy for denying the invitation i mean he sat here and he has watched uh, multiple just disaster I'm gonna, I'm gonna go back to the word disaster it's
4: all about having fun yes and it wasn't that fun so really what are we doing this for right
0: i don't know but it was funny yesterday we were talking about so what we're go- what are we going to do to fix this do the we're same do the damn thing, same thing. From,
5: yeah. from the top y'all are just degenerate gamblers
4: man there was a time where ellerby when we had a four-man nascar pool and El- I cannot believe you did this and you quickly said i'm never doing this again but you kept up with all of our race points yes like we didn't just go by wins we went by finishes, like top yes. ten, and you kept up with it all. And that, you were like, yeah, I'm out. I'm yeah. never doing this again. That might have been my last pool I did. I, to, <laughs> I think I so. To, I used to run
5: squares, pools, all sorts of stuff. Maybe I just I hit a burnout wall.
4: <laughs> Being it. in a pool with Troy D. and I ruined Ellerby for pools. It, it,
5: the NASCAR thing. Like, He's
4: never I, even gone swimming in a pool since then. <laughs> He's never played billiards.
5: He doesn't even look at a pool.
4: No so I, I
5: just I mean the NASCAR stuff I did that one that I think the next year I just was a participant and it was just like I yeah. had drivers and it was like I was coming in and giving five bucks to somebody and I wasn't watching anything I didn't know didn't care and the season the on season goes all but two months of the year and uh, it, it was just not enjoyable but I'm glad you guys get enjoyment out of it
4: you know uh, you know his least favorite basketball player in the playoffs is Chen? who Elby's yeah
0: ah I don't know.
4: LeBron James? No, Jordan Poole. Uh, ah. Yeah. See, <laughs> see, see where I'm going there? Yeah. Nice. Warriors. Ellerby. Uh, Tom Brady kind of retired, but then didn't retire. Did he retire? Adam Schefter said he was going to retire. Yeah, he, yeah retired. He, he retired. So he retired. Yeah. Oh yeah, he put out the letter, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so he retired. Unretired. For two months. And he's back uh, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And it's always great to have that backup plan ready. And he has his backup plan ready. He's going to be a lead analyst uh, on Fox. And he is going to make... He's going to sign... He has agreed to a 10-year, $375 million contract. Oh, my God. The most lucrative in sports broadcasting history.
5: So here's the good news. So now when he does retire, instead of having that plan where he has to spend time with his family... Honey... Fox needs me. Yeah, He's got to go to work. I and was thinking
0: the same that, thing. That
5: gap of when he retired from the NFL and he was with his supermodel wife. Oh, wow. And, that, that's what it was. Huh? And, and his kids in his ridiculously giant house in Miami where it was probably 85 degrees drove him nuts. <laughs> and so he was like, you know what? I'm going to yeah, play
0: football again.
5: I think I'm going to need to make $33 million from the Bucks next year. And then let me see if I can make a little bit more just being a broadcaster where – I won't be hit. And, Man. Can,
0: and I'll be away from my family. And
5: I can talk Fam- about football, football games. So good for him.
4: He is uh, turning 45 years old in August, which is crazy. Right before the season. Crazy to think about. And this is the new trend. And it really worked out. Troy Aikman, as much as I hated him because he was a cowboy, I mean, he's had a long career now in broadcasting and is looked at as one of the best. When did he, how long, I mean, how long has he been out of the game? He played in the early two thousands. The or no, in, yeah, yeah, ninety nine. He was there. He was around two thousand or so. So I mean, twenty plus years. Yeah, he's been doing broadcasting. Uh, I guess the best example to look at of striking gold is Tony Romo, who really came on the scene and became a fan favorite. Fan, fantastic. Yeah. If
5: Romo didn't play for the Cowboys, do you think he's where he's at right now
4: i don't know because i did not look at him as a player when he did interviews and say wow he's got a great personality i never saw that with him while he was playing and troy amy really doesn't have a good personality he's kind of drab but he's good at what he does but romo's brand is whoa excitement i'm always excited like i never even here we go jim i never saw that as a player when he was there do you think like joe buck and aikman are really good together
5: I wonder if Aikman was with somebody else, if it would have been a disaster. Because he is—he is kind of matter of fact. Are they? And the, are they both going together? They're at ESPN.
4: They're going to Monday Night Football yeah. together. They're, they're a, a, a dream team now. Uh, Drew Brees is an example of, and he's still got work to do. But he was not looked at as a success on the I didn't, broadcast. I didn't he
5: didn't wow me much nah. with, with what he's done so far, but it doesn't mean he can't get better.
4: And then of course you got Peyton and Eli doing their thing on Monday Night Football, which was my favorite thing about the my favorite new thing about the NFL last year.
5: Do you think they'll still do that with as much money as they have in Buck and uh, Aikman?
4: I don't know. That's a great question. It's almost like you're taking eyeballs away from your major investment. Yeah but but, but I, I mean, believe they are.
5: But you can also double down and make money on the Manning cast
4: too. Yeah, and again, I'm I'm if the Mannings are on, I'm watching that uh, instead of it the definitely regular helps broadcast. me.
0: It definitely helps me uh, want to watch Monday Night Football because I mean, if it's not the Panthers. I feel like a so lot. If the in Panthers the past are, couple of years, the the matchups on Monday Night Football have been just a And they're going to make those
5: better for Buck and Aikman. I they, think so, yeah. If, if the Commanders are playing on Monday Night Football, are you still watching the Manning cast?
4: No, that's a good question. I think last year when they had a Monday Night game, I watched the regular broadcast. Okay. Um, But to Chandler's point, and you say, why are you throwing out all this money to these announcers? Do you really watch a game because of the announcers or not watch a game because of the announcers? And usually my answer is no, but the Mannings made me want to watch Monday Night Football. And I, I probably wouldn't have as much if they weren't there.
0: I think that that was for a lot of people too. I remember
4: when I'd come on and say, "Man, they're not coming back for another 3 weeks." Yeah. And we'd be bummed out.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I know. It was like, "Well, I guess I'm not going to watch Monday Night Football or I mean, yeah, I remember it was I think it was more than that. It was like 5 weeks yeah. without the Mannings and it, just, it was a punch to the gut
4: who's all right so al michaels is going to amazon. i need to do a reset here and he going to yeah, amazon he's going to amazon with Herbie.
5: is that right and it costs up Tarico and breeze or nbc now or uh, Colin Tarico and collins oh yeah collinsworth Tarico and collinsworth are nbc but where's so they'll breeze- be doing sunday night football but where's breeze in all this is he's he's still, still on the, uh, in the studio on in NBC. St-
4: I think so, with like Dungy and Rodney Harrison, and them. Right. Uh, I like Tarico. Tarico's real good. I know. I know a lot of people think Collinsworth is annoying, but I like Collinsworth. I guess his voice is kind of annoying, but what he says, I I like Collinsworth. I
5: agree. I think he. I I, I like his. Uh, you know,
4: breakdown of what's going on. So Herbie is joining Amazon with Michaels, and he was he also. He signed a multi-year extension with espn so he hates his family family, hey, hey, on, family. The, on the weekends maybe he's a big family guy during the week he, family.
5: Catch, he, catch, he probably gets a good uh catching up with him like monday or tuesday <laughs> or he
4: <heads> out wednesday. <laughs> but he does the game day yeah. flies out immediately right to go to a game
5: so he'll be busy th- he'll fly out wednesday to go to his thursday night football game and then fly home, maybe... For Amazon, is that what you're talking about? NFL, okay. fly home Friday, get a change of clothes, and then go... He's got to be there bright and early Saturday. And then maybe he just goes straight Friday to the game day, and then uh, after the Saturday night primetime game, he goes home Sunday, but he's got to watch all the Sunday games because one of those teams is going to be playing
4: thursday probably
5: thursday if they're not but if both his teams are playing monday then he's got to watch that so probably tuesday's a great day for date night with his wife
4: <laughs> i mean he is a busy man during football season so it is going to look uh a little different uh coming up when it comes to the announcers for the nfl there you go. Uh, and brady i mean he can't I mean, I, i've already said tom brady's done like eight times in his career so i'm not going to predict when he's going to retire so, I mean, his 10-year deal doesn't kick in until whenever he does retire. Right. So. Which we don't know. I mean, hes he, I guess he's year to year at this point, but... You think it's a good move for Brady to go into broadcasting? I think it's a good move to make $375 million, but then again, he could have made whatever he wanted, putting out butt cream or something. Putting out what? <laughs> Tom Brady's butt cream. <laughs> TV-12. <laughs> Come on, TV-12 butt cream? Yeah, yeah. It's the best. I mean, I think it would sell a lot i don't even know what it does and who, i'm interested who would be his competition
5: <laughs> daniel snyder terry bradshaw <laughs> terry bradshaw <laughs> better than the original
4: hey my butt cream's better than time right, what are you doing my, my, hey, you gotta try my butt cream <laughs> <laughs> is there such a
5: problem? that's
6: another guy i absolutely love watching on football sundays
4: bradshaw bradshaw i think he's just been around so long it's kind of like i don't know worn thin on me but still entertaining I don't know. I'm not. I don't watch a lot of those uh, pre-game, shows. pregame shows anymore. Why? I don't. Well, I'm. I'm doing. Uh, there's. There are a million shows now. <laughs> Fantasy, like Barstool, has a show. Like I, I watch other things, okay. other than Fox and CBS. I got you. There's just uh, so many dang options now. All right. Um, anything else, lrb Mike Houston was in here yesterday when I um, I saw the news that the NCAA had released new NIL guidelines, and I told him about it live on the air, and he was like, oh, great, okay. Now let's see if they enforce any of them. Well, he is very skeptical, as he should be, and as everybody is, about this thing being somehow taken under control. I
5: mean, the NCAA regulates things like fraternities do at keg parties, you know, like for underage drinking. Like, when does the NCAA stopped? I mean, UNC had a whole fake class system. They going to shut down UNC basketball? Are they going to sh- shut down LSU or Alabama football? USC, USC. I mean, what? I mean, seriously, what? I mean, the NCAA is is a joke. I mean, it, it is a hundred percent. And now it's even a bigger. You know, the the one thing that I have thought about a lot since our last conversation last week is basically someone needs to take it, college football does need to break off, and it basically needs to do kind of what like the and I don't know exactly how the Premier League does it. Over there, but they have divisions, and you can play up and play down. Yeah, but relegation. But but it's more like Major League Baseball in a way. You have your majors, you have a Triple A division and a Double A division. I don't know if you can get all the way down to a Single A division, but uh, you assign teams in those divisions, and then that's what they play. And then if teams meet certain criteria, and and write the criteria, keep it simple and make it sweet based on attendance, wins, and other stuff, then they can move up the next year, and some teams will move down.
4: I love the the system, and it LRB, uh, you watching Ted Lasso probably helped you understand it a little more. Little, a yeah. little bit more, but I,
5: but I think it makes 100%, because then it comes down at the end of the season that if East Carolina's playing Cincinnati, and that, hey, look, if Cincinnati stays undefeated, they're going to go move up to the majors.
4: And then if you're at the bottom of the top, it makes those in like that last month interesting because you're out of it for that season but you're trying to stay up yeah so you gotta you gotta win this game against vanderbilt next week or whatever let's
5: say like the sunbelt or conference usa teams or whatever or or whoever that are are like georgia state's 11 and 2 but hey look if they win this last if they win their championship they're going to move up to the next division and hey look how about this if uh tulane you know finishes the season 1 and 11 they're dropping down to, to, to the C-League Yeah, so I, I think that's the, that's the best way to do it and then uh, you know some television channel will take the media rights to it and be able to you know the C-League's on ESPN Plus and then you just kind of move it all around well that's
4: what it's all about is you've got all of these long term TV contracts but if you could figure out a way to to do that I think it would be fantastic it would certainly give you a lot to play for
5: and there's 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 such a divide in in the financial aspect of college athletics now, and it's really divide the divide's really as big anywhere as it is in football versus anywhere else. So uh, if you're going to have these semi-pro teams like USC, Alabama, LSU, Florida, you know the teams that are going to run, you know that are basically going to have players that are making six and seven figures, then they, then it's not even it's not even fair to
4: compete all right a couple of things here on facebook live before we let lb go uh mike p asking how old were the other participants in Clips madden tournament they were all my age adults young adults so um,
5: you you were in your 20-ish age.
4: yeah i was probably like 22 21 something like that right um but when i, w- I went on a cruise years ago close to that same time frame and my dad and i entered a ping pong tournament so (laughs) i hear you forrest gump (laughs) we had our we had our first round matchups i took on like a 10 year old my dad beat up a 12 year old and we met in the finals that didn't come across very good if people
5: just tuned in
4: (laughs) uh so we it was like kramer in his karate class we uh we whooped up on some kids and then met each other in the championship the brocks from winterville
5: dominating the carnival cruise line
4: matt says sir archie is the stallion that i was talking about earlier buried in jackson north carolina sir archie is the stallion that um his fam- family he family. is a descendant of all a lot of those horses you saw on saturday can cool. you can you knight a horse <laughs> you can name it whatever you want
5: oh, uh, my yeah. horse is dr horse so it's, it's, it, it wasn't a, it wasn't archie when it ran like the derby it
4: who knows it they was archie they could have uh gotten on a boat went overseas and got knighted with the swords i think i think uh when the players come
5: in on monday you should ask them what they would name our horse that'd be a good question
4: okay i'll remember that for next week yeah um john says i'm in the hockey mood does Ellerby have a good Hurricane Stanley Cup Final Game 7 story? Yes, I was there. Uh, me and Shirley snuck in the arena
5: because we did the radio show up there. We didn't have tickets. Troy D. had a ticket. And then uh, me and Shirley stood up at the end zone bar and uh, killed like an hour before they opened up the uh, gates for everybody to get in there. And uh, at the end, someone had a fake Stanley Cup, and me and Shirley hoisted it together down there when they won. And I think I drank probably way too many Blue Moons that day.
0: Is this the same story? Didn't you hide in the bathroom? Yeah, I
6: spent I spent some time hiding in the bathroom because Jonathan was like, just play it cool, just play it cool. I was a yeah. bundle of nerves because I was absolutely convinced that somebody was going to figure out that I was in the building without a ticket. So I, I did hide in the bathroom for a little while.
5: Well, most known felons do. <laughs> that well, is and, a... Uh... And, and
6: I will say, and the funny thing is... The best part is is Jonathan said he probably had one too many blue moons. I just remember when we were getting ready to leave to head back to Greenville. And Jonathan was getting in the backseat of the car. He was like, I'm just really sleepy. He was like, I just want to go lay down for a little bit. And I just remembered troy getting all upset don't you throw up in my car don't you throw up in my car and i was like oh my god i've got to ride a whole hour and some change back with these guys yeah
5: and you're surely like don't you pass out and leave
4: me with troy
7: <laughs> i know i gotta ride shotgun this is not fair
4: oh, <laughs> sneaking in getting in for free for game seven of the stanley cup I oh, that. That. and there, that's there awesome. is there now, is that's a, a cool picture
6: there is a picture floating around somewhere. You've got to have it somewhere, yeah. Jonathan. It may, I just don't know where it is. But there is a picture of us holding the Stanley, the replica of the Stanley Cup, and the confetti was coming down in the background. You know, after they won and everything, and it was just a really cool moment. It was a lot of fun. We got to we got to sit up with a lot of Edmonton Oilers fans up there. Absolutely, and, uh, well, technically, well, stand
5: with them. What,
6: yeah stood with them we didn't really have a seat but um they were the ones that had the replica uh stanley cup and uh they were really cool and it was a lot of fun
0: and in the the background of that same picture there's like three cops pointing at y'all and whispering (laughs) saying hey i think those i think those are the guys yeah no no. That,
4: uh, well, that's bad luck, right? Like having a replica Stanley Cove. That's probably why Edmonton lost. I, that, that had to be it. That, that that's that, all that, the reason. Go ahead, why. Yeah. Go ahead and write it down. All right. LRB, thanks for hanging out. Hope that answered whoever asked that question. That was John Moody. Oh. Yeah, will you let me do my job and you do yours? <laughs> Sorry. Um, I was going to ask a question. Oh, was Power Radio carrying the games then?
5: Yes. Yes. We carried
4: the games like in 05, 06, 07. Yep. Yeah.
6: So, so we did. We did our five o'clock
5: show live yeah. from the RBC. So, I mean, we were, Was it the RBC? We were legit. Yeah, we were yeah. there. We were there, but it wasn't like we didn't have media credentials. But they they somehow were like, yeah, sure, come on in and do your show. Yeah, um, and
6: technically we were supposed to leave sure. and then come back in. Come back in yeah. with
5: our media credentials or a ticket, and which so, we did not. But that's do. not
4: the pirate radio way.
5: No, so, no. so I stood up by the bar, and Shirley
4: stood in the bathroom. and hit. <laughs> Did you have your feet on the seat oh, so, like, if, if a cop looked under, they wouldn't see anything in there?
6: No, I just, um you know, if I heard uh, what I did was, is I would just go in there. I'd kind of mill around, but because uh, there she was goes, like Ugh! a part-
5: flush the toilet a couple. <laughs> times.
0: Yeah, I was. I was going to say carry like a fart no, noise there's, maker in there's, there.
6: There's like a wall partition, so you could hear the door open. <laughs> And so if I heard the door open, I would just very casually just act like I'd been there and just, you know, walk into a stall and lock the door and, you know, (laughs) that kind of thing. Not to one of
5: the stall brothers.
6: (laughs) Yeah. And then when it got, and that was more so like, because I think there was like an hour and a half or something like that in between the time that we got through with the show and the time that they were going to start letting people in. So that first part of that hour and a half, I spent it in the bathroom. But once people started coming in and kind of milling around, I just kind of blended in.
5: We're going we're gonna to take a field trip and go to a Hurricanes game and do it like a 30-for-30 30 30 outside that bathroom where you
4: hid. <laughs>
6: what
2: if story. I told you?
4: And now if the... Uh, Dad, my
6: very first hockey game was Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Finals and I hid in the bathroom.
4: Because I had no ticket.
0: This is 30-for-30. 30 30 30.
4: 30. When the Orioles uh, make it to the World Series in 2027, uh, we need to do a show from there and... We'll do the sneaking in and thing again. Sneak in. Absolutely. And I'll be a part of it this time. All right. I love how you're down for that. You're not going to play games. That'll be fun. All right. I uh, enjoyed it. All right. See you next week. We'll take a timeout. Come back when we return. We'll talk some Canes hockey. Well, Brooks, he'll be sneaking in to PNC Arena tonight. Canes and Bruins game five. We'll get you ready for it when we return after this.
1: You're listening to Hour 1 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by University PC Care, your local tech support experts for all your personal and business needs. Visit universitypccare.com to learn more today. Now, back to the show.
6: Welcome back. Are you in outside sales and looking for an opportunity to increase your earning potential? CopyPro has been in eastern North Carolina for over 45 years and continues to grow each year, and they are in need of more sales professionals with a design. To potentially make a six figure income. Do you have what it takes? Visit copypro.net today to submit your resume and to learn more. Now let's head back into PRL. Here is your host, Cliff Rock.
4: All right. Thank you, Shirley Reed. Welcome back into the program here on a Tuesday. Still a lot to get to. Uh, Matt on Facebook Live has sent me the uh, Wikipedia link to Sir Archie the uh american thoroughbred racehorse considered one of the best racehorses of his time and later one of the most important sires in american history and this fool was alive from 1805 to 1833 man we are going way back so uh anyway i need to uh to do a little research on this horse and see exactly uh how many championship horses he has produced as a stud in his day all right anyway moving along let's talk hockey hurricanes bruins tonight seven o'clock espn here to talk about it his former pirate radio intern now a uh a media member and a coach in his own right he is brooks hill joining us once again to talk canes hockey here on pirate radio live brooks how you doing man
7: Hey, Cliff, I'm doing good. Another week and another opportunity to win a playoff game at
4: home. The good news is the Canes are in the friendly confines of PNC Arena and have home ice advantage uh, as of right now, the remainder of the series. The bad news is they leave Raleigh and lose two games in Boston. So the series tied at two games apiece. What went wrong uh, these last two games that went right for the Canes the first couple, Brooks?
7: Well, I think uh, in Game 1, they played to the emotion of the crowd, and I think that's exactly what the Bruins did in Game 3. I was out of town this weekend at one of my best friend's wedding, and people were asking, like, oh, like, what do you think about Game 3, the night of the rehearsal dinner, and everything like that. So generally, I think they're going to lose tonight. I hope they don't, but I think they are. I think the emotion is going to be on the side of the Bruins, and so we'll see about Sunday when they had the afternoon matinee in Game 4. Now that, they lost that game for a completely different reason than they lost game three. Game four was uh, pestered with penalties, nine penalties that the Hurricanes took, and Boston has just a little bit too good of a power play to give nine opportunities for an extra man. And twice, they had a five on three.
4: And Brooks, uh, both games on the road, uh, the Canes got out to – one nothing leads, and uh, and we're feeling pretty good about themselves, but obviously could not sustain it, and and penalties and chippy play has been a theme throughout the entire series. But you know what? What can you do if you're Carolina to to stay out of the box as much as they did, uh, specifically in Game Four?
7: I think you have to look at the kind of penalties that we're taking. So, example, delay of game for a puck going over the glass in the defensive zone. That is a that is a mental mistake, okay? You can run the puck off. Instead of going off the glass, you can just try to shoot it down the ice, take your icing, and live to fight another day. Or don't get it up high in the air off the glass, just running around the inboards. And sometimes you just think, oh, i got to get it around the guy who's holding the point at the blue line. And sometimes you hit the glass and it deflects out and you're good. And sometimes you miss the glass and it goes into the crowd and that's when you get penalized for it. And you look at, unfortunately, a failed coach's challenge. It could have gone either way. I'm not mad at the fact that the call wasn't overturned. I think that is a very risky play to challenge a goal after a power play and just right then go back on a penalty kill if you lose, which the Hurricanes did. Another penalty about a minute later from uh, Tara Vinan as he's trying to get in there in the defensive zone, face-off, off the power play. Hooks the defender, okay? You you know, they're looking for something off the face-off. You know, slashes, hooks, everything like that. Then you go five on three. And there's just, they start adding up. And the Bruins did a really nice job of capitalizing on the chances that the Hurricanes gave them. Uh, now, the penalty kill still killed off seven penalties, which is very impressive, but... Unfortunately, special teams so far has kind of been the difference maker uh, for the last two games over in Boston. We'll see if that's the case here tonight in Raleigh.
4: Brooks Hill joining us, Canes and Bruins tonight, 7 o'clock. This will be on ESPN, and the series tied at two games apiece. Going to be rocking tonight at PNC Arena. Uh, Brooks, how about the undermanned uh, goaltender situation for the Hurricanes right now? From people I follow and just watching myself, uh, maybe this has not been – as big of an issue as those other issues you just brought up. So, how's that been so far and and how about moving forward? Uh well, what's the situation with uh, the Hurricanes netminders?
7: So, today in morning skate, uh, when the Hurricanes took the ice for their time slot, they had Auntie Rotna in the starters crease, which means he lives practice a little bit early after he sees what he feels is a comfortable vow on a shot uh, and Peter Gocheckov will be the backup LaFontaine has not dressed yet for a playoff game Uh, on the bench he had to get dressed earlier when uh, Ronta got hurt and LaFontaine had to uh, sit in the equipment room because you're not allowed to have three goalies on your bench uh, unless called upon so they're going to go with Ronta Uh, I believe it's the right move uh, after uh, you know Coach Chekhov came in relief one game two credited with that win Probably knew he was going to lose Game 3 being back up in Boston. They went back to Ronta on Sunday afternoon. I think it's the right call. Ronta is a little bit more experienced than ekhoff I think he's been playing fine. Uh, you can't really fault him for giving up a 5-on-3 goal, uh, a goal that his coach thought was going to get overturned for somebody pushing his leg into the net and didn't know where the puck was, so... I think Ronto's the right player right now. Unfortunately, Anderson just doesn't seem ready to go yet, and uh, I would be willing to bet that we don't see Frederick Anderson anywhere in these next three games uh, in the first round.
4: Outside of that, uh, Brooks, everybody available for Carolina? What's the uh, injury situation in this series?
7: So I believe everybody is available. Everybody was on the ice except for Anderson and actually, Jordan Martinook was not at the morning skate, so I believe Martinook is unavailable. Uh, from what I've read for today, uh, Derek Stefan will draw into the lineup in the Martinook spot, uh, and he'll be on the fourth line with Koka Niemi and Max Delmi.
4: Talking to Brooks Hill, Caniac, uh, joining us, Canes and Bruins tied at two apiece. How about every game tonight, Brooks, is, a ser- is in a series tied At two games apiece, Lightning and Maple Leafs, Blues, Wild, Kings, Oilers, all tied at two apiece. We've got one series that's done, and that's the Avalanche sweeping the Predators. Outside of that, all these series still going on. And, man, four games tonight tied at two apiece. So uh, we talked about the parity last time when you joined us, and uh, that has been the case for, uh, for these playoffs so far.
7: Yeah. It really has. I think it speaks to how good the NHL is as a whole league. There's not a lot of whole, you know, struggle to say bottom feeders. Obviously, those teams don't make the playoffs. But it really just shows you that once you get into the playoffs, that you have a fighting chance. Obviously, with Colorado and Nashville being a sweep, and that series already be wrapping up, a lot of people expected a Game Four or Game Five series in uh, Colorado and Nashville. But everybody else, it's some really good hockey. I saw that the Penguins took care of business last night at home against the Rangers to go up three to one. But the four games tonight, you know, there's not a bad there's not gonna be a bad hockey game on T V. Now, the funny thing is, and I don't know if you've seen it, Clip, but while the series are good and there's a lot of games or a lot of ties, like two to two so far a lot of the games have all been decided by three goals or more. Like, the games are blowouts, but the series...
4: (laughs) Interesting. Yeah, uh, that is interesting. And uh, we'll see if there's a shift in that as the series get deeper and deeper. One thing Brooks, and and I watch... uh, I watched the Kings this year. It was on Valley Sports and listened to, to Mike Maniscalco. He does a fantastic job. I really got my first taste of ESPN's coverage uh, since they came back last week uh, in Game 1. And I got to say, I, I was not super impressed. Uh, I like Sean McDonough's voice, but... For hockey he just kind of seemed bored uh to me for that game and i don't know maybe maybe i just caught him on a bad night but the whole production seemed uh i, I don't know maybe i was just missing <clears throat> doc emrick or john forsland which i did get to hear forsland uh friday when it was on tnt but i don't know what, what's your thoughts on the the shift to turner and espn for hockey how, how have you liked it or disliked it
7: oh Oh, well, thank you, asking a broadcaster a broadcasting <laughs> question. So, first, on the uh, Sean McDonough front, every broadcaster has an off night. I think the night that you were talking about, I think somebody said, like, when Sebastian Ajo scored, he says this announcer sounds like he has Bruins' money line. Uh, and was just disappointed about it. So, that part is uh, that part's understood. Everybody can't go through an entire season because he does ESPN hockey all year long. And I like the announcers that they've gotten. I like their intermission reports. I think the intermission reports on the national level have gotten better. So I, I like Steve Levy. Uh, I like uh, Bouge uh, Gross, uh, Kevin Weeks. I think they do a good job. I like the graphics package that they use and their transition. I think some of the porting is a little sus on a little bit of it. Um,
4: I like the first- TNT intermission. I don't know if they're trying to recreate like Barkley and uh- – Kenny Smith and Ernie, but uh, th- I like those guys, too. What do you think?
7: Yeah, they are. So, on on the TNT front, you know, they had their their big signing was going out and getting Wayne Gretzky. Yeah. The greatest hockey player to ever live, and they went, and after they got Wayne Gretzky, uh, they went out and they tried to get one of the biggest personalities in hockey, and Paul Bissonnette, you know, spitting chiclets from the barstool side of the world, you know, has zero filter when he's on a podcast, and he makes for good television when, you know, he's trying to, like, dumb down his, uh, explicit language, is a nice way to put it. Things that he could say on a podcast, but he can't say on TV, and goes around. And I think it just shows you that how different, like, hockey guys are from basketball guys. I think they were trying to create, like, inside the NBA again. And, you know, they took some people from NBC that, you know, the contract ran up. I like the national stuff, uh, I still don't like the way they do it with how less featured the Hurricanes are always on uh, because I feel like if you know you've won your division two years in a row, made the playoffs four years in a row, but hey, let's show Chicago and Philadelphia on a Wednesday night game that has no implications on anything to do with playoffs as both teams have already been eliminated and let's try to hype it up. Kind of doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I do like how... ESPN Plus, though, has given you the opportunity to have every out-of-market game. Uh, for someone who has ESPN Plus, I find myself catching probably at least one period a night of an out-of-market game or a West Coast game you know, late night before I go to bed. So that part I really love, uh, having access to watch more teams than what we did last year with NBC.
4: Good deal, Brooks Hill joining us, uh, talking Stanley Cup playoffs, talking Canes. We'll circle back to Carolina, Brooks. Uh, I saw we promoted uh, the show for today, and you responded to that by saying something to the effect of uh, your relationship to the panic button. Have you mashed it? Have you destroyed it? So what? What did I don't know if you can. I'll let you answer it, but as far as panic, I don't know if there's panic. There's definitely pressure though. When you go up two zero and then lose two games the way you did in Boston, got to be pressure on the home team tonight. So what's your uh, panic level at uh, heading into Game 5?
7: Uh, yeah, so the panic button for me is out of the drawer, and it's on the desk. It's not been touched yet to, like, smash, but it's out there, and it's ready for you to hit it. Uh, <laughs> things could uh, – I don't want to, you know, speak ill of them, but – I, you tend to play better at home, so if worst comes to worst, you try to get it. You try to win tonight. You roll the dice up in Boston. If you come home, you're back at home. Going to be a sellout crowd for a game seven, and you see where the chips fall. Now, I'm also quick to tell everybody that hey, everybody, calm down. This is what happened last year when they were playing Nashville in the first round. They went up two nothing, then lost the next two in Nashville. Came home for game five and won in overtime. I was at that one. And then they won on the road in game six. And then everything was easy peasy. So that's still a possibility. If they lose tonight, it's not the end of the world, but then they're all the pressure in the world. I'm hitting, if they lose tonight, I'm hitting the panic button. I will say that. If they lose tonight, I'm hitting the panic button.
4: All right. It's on the desk, has not been pressed yet. I like that you say you've got the panic button on the desk, and then you tell everybody to relax, Brooks. I think you're a conflicted man right now.
7: Well, sometimes you just got to put it there being like, hey, if you need me, I'm here. If not, it's okay.
4: All right. Fair enough. Uh, Brooks, who's the, uh, the hero for Carolina tonight? Your pick to click, as it were.
7: Uh, I'm going to say it is going to be Tavo Taravainen because I think him playing down a line with uh, Trocek and Natchez, uh, there's a lot of speed on that line, and then Trocek delivers uh, the grit on that line. And I think with the uh, puck handling ability that Natchez has, I think that Taravainen can kind of – put himself in a little bit of a shadow to where Boston might forget about him because they're so focused on either Trochek in front of the net being the physical guy. and Trochek, I think, does have a little bit more finishing capabilities than Taravainen. But Taravainen just is an all-elite passer and can get into those steam spots. And if he needs a one-timer, he can one-time it. showed he's not afraid to shoot the puck this series. I'm okay with that. So I'm going to say Tevo Taravainen. Uh, also look for Rod Brendamore to really take advantage of the home ice uh, matchups and getting last change and putting the Jordan Stahl, Foss, and Niederreiter line against Bergeron, Marshan, and Posternock. I think that's going to be a big factor, too.
4: Brooks, great stuff, man. Uh, we don't talk enough hockey here on the show outside of giving scores and updates on the Hurricanes. So thanks for uh, for bringing uh, a little hockey education to us today on Pirate Radio Live. Hopefully the Canes can win it tonight, win this series, advance, and uh, we'll get you back on the show uh, in the in the future and talk more playoff hockey with you.
7: All right. Well, I appreciate it. And, hey, just so far, my prediction on the series can still be true. I said Canes in the last week, and I still have a shot
4: well i hope you're right brooks i will take that for sure brooks hill joining us on pirate radio live talking canes hockey let's uh take a break we'll come back wrap up the hour i have a manning cast ish update some uh some broadcasting news update on something that's going on next week so uh i'll give you that when we return and wrap up hour number one of pirate radio live back with you on a tuesday after this
1: listening to hour one of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by University PC Care, your local tech support experts for all your personal and business needs. Visit universitypccare.com to learn more today. Now, back to the show.
6: Welcome back for the latest breaking news, interesting stories, and awesome contests that can make you a winner. Be sure to follow Pirate Radio on our social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at PR927FM. Join the over 55,000 followers today and speaking of our social media, just uh, put something up there, congratulations to former ECU uh, catcher Seth Cadell, who's been called up to the AAA level. He was playing for the Akron Rubber Ducks in AA, and they just called him up today. He is now headed to the Columbus Clippers, which of course is the affiliate, the AAA affiliate for the Cleveland Guardians.
4: Where is Gabon
6: Gavon is still with the Lake County Captains, captains. which is in the high A, um, but I don't foresee him being there much longer with his ERA sitting at like a one point something.
4: Yeah, he's been mowing he's, down.
6: He has been lights out, so I expect him to get called up very soon.
4: Alright, good news. Congrats to Seth Cadell. Uh, earlier in the show, we talked about the switches going on in the broadcasting world. It, it all stemmed from the Tom Brady news that he's going to join Fox Sports when he retires to become their number one football analyst. It'll be uh, Kevin Burkhart, I believe, and Tom Brady is the number one team because Joe Buck and Troy Aikman made the move from Fox to ESPN to call Monday Night Football. And I guess I assume we'd see Joe Buck uh, this fall, but his contract apparently starts next week uh, because Joe Buck – will be calling some of the PGA Championship on ESPN, and he will be doing some sort of Manning cast. So it's going to be Joe Buck, and he's going to be joined by in and out by Fred Couples, Charles Barkley, Peyton, and Eli. So both of the Manning brothers. It's a collaboration with Peyton Manning's Omaha Productions. They'll have extended coverage on ESPN+. Plus. So, you'll have uh, Charles Barkley, Troy Aikman, Josh Allen, actor John Hamm, and I guess they're going to try to do some kind of fun, alternative, alternate broadcast to go along with the PGA Championship. So, you'll get your first uh, listen of Joe Buck coming up next week, uh, along with some celebrities.
0: For golf? For golf. That is very bizarre.
4: Hmm.
0: Joe Buck doing golf, but uh, excited, especially excited for him uh, to be the new voice of Monday Night Football in the fall, Uh, but I guess we'll get to uh, get a little appetizer next week uh, in the PGA Championship.
4: And the schedule release for the NFL is Thursday. I saw where they were going to start leaking out some games here and there, Uh, and they announced a Monday Night Doubleheader yesterday. And I haven't even talked about this yet, and I'm trying to find the games.
6: They've got one on a Wednesday night doubleheader, don't they?
4: Ah, this will be...
6: For the NFL?
4: Huh? Wednesday night? I don't think so. Yeah,
6: I swear I thought I saw it. It A doubleheader on
4: Monday night? Uh, The NFL announced... Maybe I
6: thought thought it was Wednesday night. Go ahead.
4: They're going to have a week two doubleheader. A week two doubleheader on Monday night football. That'll be titans titans bills 75 years and then the vikings and eagles will play in the second game
0: he's the baddest man
3: in the nfl
4: so and this is going to be the first time i can recall unless there was a game moved to monday where they have a scheduled monday night double header and the games will be going on at the same time because you're going to have titans bills at seven fifteen on espn and then vikings eagles will play at eight thirty on abc so you'll we'll have a couple games going on week two of monday night i haven't seen week one monday night is that not out yet and that is weird that they're doing that for week two uh but anyway there you go there's your news uh we'll have a schedule to talk about friday when tony dunn joins us and chandler and i will do a full Schedule recap Friday at three o'clock. Boom. Right here on Pirate Radio. Yes, sir. Right? Yes, sir. Friday at three.
0: Friday at three.
4: You're gonna be here.
0: Why Tony Dunn's not gonna be here at three, so you're wrong. He'll be here here at four. I know. Booyah!
4: I know. I said you and I are gonna do a schedule recap Friday at three. Right? Uh we'll have to see. I do have a meeting
0: at three (laughs) thirty because for those that might not know. I do sales here at Pirate Radio, and I'm grinding. I'm making that dough. You know what I'm (laughs) saying? I'm grinding. I'm making meetings, and it so happens to be that this meeting is at 3.30, so I'm sorry that I can't be here. I'm trying to get people to advertise on the airwaves of Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation.
4: That's no cap, Chandler. No cap. So you won't be here Friday at 3.00.
0: Well, you know what? It's at 3.30, and it's right up down the road. Right, I was, up, right I, I, up down the road. Right. It's right down yonder. I might just stay for you so you won't cry because I'm not here. Damn, dude. Now, hey, now let me get the – hey, now, you do know I'm going to have to leave, buddy. I'm going to have to leave. Hey, I, Chandler's got to go do business. I got to go have a meeting. I have a meeting at 3.30. All right. To have a, a, a business come on pirate radio and potentially have you be the voice of it.
4: Will you be back at four?
0: Yeah. Depends, well, it depends on how long the meeting goes.
4: You want to just take the whole day?
0: <laughs> you understand I'm working, right? Yeah. Like, yes. I just want to uh, know when you're going to be here. We're going to have a lot of stuff. But you're, you're, you're being snarky. You're being, I was at uh, first,
4: but now uh, I'm no, not. no. You
0: just were 10 seconds ago when you said you want to just take the whole day off? <laughs> the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go have that meeting, do my thing, and I'm going to come back here and hop on the airwaves of Pirate Radio All right, with Tony Dunn at four. I'm going to say four o'clock. You better be careful. He's going to come at you like a spider monkey.
4: Chandler's fired up. I'm fired up, baby. I'm fired
5: up. He's a little feisty.
4: Let's take a break. We'll come back when we return. We're going to turn this anger and these screams and yells into winks is we're going to talk to Shane Winkler, head softball coach of the East Carolina Pirates. The AAC softball championships are going on this weekend. In fact, going on Thursday. East Carolina plays South Florida Thursday at 5 o'clock. We'll talk about that with Shane Winkler. He joins us on the other side of this timeout. Back with you after this.
1: You're listening to hour two of pirate radio live this hour of prl is brought to you by first bank together with our customers we're creating a world where individuals and communities thrive visit the first bank location on arlington boulevard in greenville for all your personal and business banking needs now back to the show
6: Welcome back. Uh, do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? We'll keep it local and print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at ENC.com, the official sportswear provider of Pirate Radio. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Brock.
4: I don't know if this is true or not. There's a social media account called NFL Schedule Leaks. I'm going to assume this is not true, but we'll see. This says the Panthers play at the Falcons week one on Fox at 1 p.m. And it's got a real treat for all Americans on Thanksgiving. Commanders at Lions 1230 CBS on Thanksgiving. You want to talk about a crappy football game. Uh, don't know if that's true or not. A lot of false. Yeah, with you on
6: that there. one. That the sounds
0: la- crappy. The last time you played on Thanksgiving, wasn't it a good result for the then football team? Wasn't mm-hmm. it an ass whooping of the Cowboys?
4: Mm-hmm. 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 Just, you know what I'm uh, talking about? Two short years ago. You know what I'm talking about? Antonio Gibson ran wild all over the Cowboys. I don't want to rehash this too much because Chandler really came after me hard there a moment ago. But Redbeard just wants to clarify, uh, you're not gonna be here uh Friday for a little bit of time. He says, Is it sales or are you going on another wedding trip?
0: <laughs> good go <one>, with Redbeard. <laughs> Give yourself a slap on the ass.
4: <laughs> <laughs> but make sure you, you use
6: took out everything over here. Make
4: sure you use T B twelve butt cream afterwards <laughs> to help you out with that. Um, so it is uh work related incident uh okay all right
0: why but, would i be going to a wedding when i have a meeting at 3 30 and then say i'm going to be back here between 4 and 4 <laughs> 30 quick wedding
4: all right there is uh chandler honeycutt will be here part of friday's show all right let's head out to the pirate radio live line it's championship time in greenville north carolina and a softball champion will be crowned on saturday we'll talk about it now with the head softball coach of the east carolina pirates Shane Winkler he joins us on the pirate radio live line ahead of the AAC tournament right here in Greenville coach uh, appreciate your time how you doing today
2: great Cliff appreciate you having me exciting week ahead
4: absolutely and uh, folks can go out and check out this AAC uh, softball tournament coming up this weekend and uh, awesome that it's here in Greenville North Carolina and uh, you'll get underway coming up five o'clock on Thursday and Coach, uh, I believe this was shifted. Eric Ward said maybe from UCF to uh, to Greenville. So, did you know coming into the job that uh, you'd be able to host the conference tournament your first year? When did you know about this?
2: Now we we found out uh, probably right after school started. So, right in late August that they'd be moving. So, a little after UCF announced that they'd be making a move to the Big Twelve, you know. All the championships and the perks and things like that are kind of stripped away from you a little bit when you move conferences. So we were next in line. So uh, we were supposed to have it next year, but we're excited to be hosting now.
4: Yeah, and and as I said, I hope that it'll come back here uh, once you've got your... Uh, you know program in place but it is exciting to get it year one and uh, and who knows maybe pull off a few upsets in front of the home crowd beginning on thursday let's talk about your season coach and you said it when we we chatted with you you knew how tough this conference would be and uh, turns out it it was pretty tough as uh, you guys struggled throughout the the conference season but obviously a second season here in postseason play what what do you think about year one uh, with you as coach and uh, for this team this year
2: you know, I, looking away from the conference win loss record, I mean, year one's been a big success because our our goal coming in was to establish some strong relationships with the players. Obviously, hit the ground running recruiting, uh, but really build a strong culture that's going to last for for years here. I mean, and, and we've done that. Uh, we've got a group that's learned how to compete at a high level, and a lot of our conference games, we've we've been right there. Uh, we've been one bounce away here and there from from picking up a handful of games and. M- maybe not having some injuries. So we we've got a lot of a lot of hard luck, but uh we know coming into a conference tournament, like you said, it's it's a whole new season. Uh, and when you go into conference tournament time, especially like if you were at single elimination, the best team doesn't always win. It's the team that plays the best. And uh we, we know every team in conference. We've we've had games that we were tight that we uh we almost pulled one off. Now now you get in the tournament play where everyone's a little more uh, on edge and a little edgy because every game could be the last. We we know one break and can mean the difference between a win and a loss. So uh, again, we're just looking to be that team that plays the best and uh, taking one day at a time, going trying to go one and zero.
4: Five o'clock Thursday, East Carolina taking on South Florida. Uh, what what are the times looking like for uh, Friday for you, Coach?
2: Uh, I think, again, it, we, we got to win to stay alive for for Friday. Uh, uh, we if we win, we'll, we'll play the winner of uh, Memphis and Wichita State uh, later in the afternoon. I know Friday looks like a rain day. Uh, that's the, that's one of the other benefits of being here at home, if it's any weather at all. Uh, one, you when you stay in your bed, you don't have to worry about all the travel from the teams going all over the country. But uh, we're, we're focused on again one one day at a time, one game at a time, and seeing uh, South Florida because they are a huge test in front of us. Uh, they've got as good a chance as anybody in our conference to to run the table and win this thing. But uh, we know we've been tight with them before as well, so we we, we love our chances going into it.
4: Coach, you are uh, going to be the key pieces to your team on Thursday to, to try to pull the upset over South Florida? Who needs to have a good game for your team?
2: You know, in, in the circle, we've, we've got to keep it close. Uh, they're, they're throwing an All-American pitcher at us. She'll, she'll have the ball every, every meaningful inning for them the rest of the way, kind of like she has through conference play. Uh, so for us, we're, we're going to go pitching staff by committee. We're, we're going to use all four of ours to, to go in there and give them different looks and, and hopefully keep the game close early on. Uh, and then offensively, I mean, it starts with to the top of our lineup for sure. Uh Todd Ruffin, he's hit 366 through conference play, so she's got a ton of speed. So she's got to set the table for us and put pressure on the defense. Uh, Faith Jarvis has struggled a little bit as late conference play, but she was really hot early in the season. Had a good series against uh, Georgina Cork, the pitcher for USF and and South Florida when we played them earlier. So um, those two need to set the table, and then we've got to make sure we can have tough at-bats. Because uh, we're facing a big strikeout pitcher, so our our approach going in is to try to stay out of two strike counts as much as we can, get her early in the count, and uh, and then fight and battle to to make tough outs. So we we've got to make sure every single at bat we have, we put pressure on them, and we're we're tough outs.
4: Shane Winkler joining us, Coja You mentioned facing an all American pitcher, and what are the similarities and differences between softball and baseball when it comes to an ace uh, in softball? Is it velocity location is it the same you know as baseball what what separates an all-american softball pitcher from a, a really good softball
2: pitcher you know it, it's it's all the above and that's that's why uh core usf is an all-american she she, she throws with plus velocity and we've seen some pitchers that throw harder uh, but she changes speeds really well but she can throw to all four quadrants uh she can go up down in out uh ride, the rise ball in in softball is a big difference maker compared to baseball uh, you're it in major league baseball now everyone throwing 98 99 everyone now starting to have to throw the ball up in the zone in baseball so you're starting to see that at the professional level uh but that's been the kind of the equalizer in softball so since the beginning of time is that rise ball that's it's it's a difference maker when you throw it with velocity so she does that but throws a great change up as well so uh again all the reason why we've got to attack her when she's got to try to get ahead early in the count and uh, put pitches early early in the count in play because when you get to two strikes and she can she can spin it up in the zone hard or, or change speeds, uh, it, it becomes really tough. So uh, again our, our goal is gonna be attack early and then battle, battle, battle if we get into two strike counts.
4: Shane Winkler joining us. AAC softball championships going on in Greenville, North Carolina. Maxar joiner family stadium. East Carolina plays Thursday at five, but you can see all the action. It is free to attend so be out there this weekend coach uh if if it's not the pirates if it's not the bulls uh who takes this championship who, who are the the best competition you face uh this year that could win it all uh, in greenville this weekend you
2: know the, the championship came down in the final weekend with wichita state was hosting ucf and uh ucf won the regular season and they're probably overall in a conference the best all-around team because they've got a couple solid pitchers and then in a solid offense. Wichita State swings the bat as well in it, as anyone in the country. I mean, they've got a kid with 30 plus home runs on the team, uh, which is leads the nation. So uh, we've got a couple teams that are really solid. But then then you look at South Florida when when you have in softball when you have the best pitcher in the conference, you always have a chance. So that's another difference from uh, college and pro baseball. The number one pitcher in softball is going to throw three straight days in our tournament. and, uh, that's that's a big, a big ask for her. But again, that's that's something that you can do a little different in softball. So um, we we've got such a deep conference, and right now the prediction for our league is three teams in the NCAA tournament. So any one of those uh, has an opportunity. But again, we uh, like I said, we we've competed really well with with the top of our conference. Uh, not coming away with wins early in, in league play, but uh, where we put ourselves in a position to win games. So. Uh, literally anyone one from seven has a chance, but we're, the top-heavy teams in the conference are really solid.
4: And, uh, Coach, earlier in the conversation you mentioned recruiting, uh, and, and you hit the ground running there, and I understand you've got a lot of talent coming in that's going to help out this roster next year, and uh, I know you got to be excited about that.
2: Yeah, that's that, that's big. Uh, we, we've got a, a top fifty recruiting class, a couple of kids ranked in, in the top 50 in the nation, that we've got committed that we're really excited about some kids that can really come in and swing it. And then, uh, like all sports at, at this level nowadays, the transfer portal is going to be extremely important, especially when you're looking to turn the program around, uh, recruiting in the transfer portal starts at 8 a.m. every morning for me, <laughs> uh, I start refreshing what the, the transfer portal looks like and who's going in. it's, it's really going to get busy over the next two weeks when teams continue to of end uh, their seasons and uh, all over the country. So the, the portal's always going to be big, and that, that, that helps the team when they're looking to turn around. Because um, do love bringing kids in that are 17, 18-year-olds and, and developing them, but it's also nice when you can bring in a, a 20, 21-year-old who has some experience and uh, can make an impact right away. So recruiting is always going to be the lifeline of the program.
4: Shane Winkler joining us, East Carolina, South Florida, Thursday at 5. You can go watch it for free at Maxar Joiner Family Stadium. It's the AAC Softball Championships. Those games, Thursday, Friday. Will be on ESPN Plus. The championship game will be on ESPN Two. So softball uh, gets a lot of eyeballs this time of year. It's it's readily available on the ESPN family of networks. But that's a, a nice showcase for East Carolina for Greenville, North Carolina for the the nice stadium you got there, Coach. That'll be a nice display there on uh, Saturday at eleven a.m. of uh, of East Carolina on ESPN Two. There.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we've got one of the best facilities. uh, in this part of the country. And uh, I, I think the best facility in, in our conference, which again, is one of the top five, six conferences in the country. But I mean, if, if in, anyone hasn't come out and watched division one softball at a high level conference tournament time, you will be hooked forever. Uh, cause it is, it looks just like college world series of baseball and softball. I mean, it is, it, it's exciting. The teams obviously are, are locked in cause uh, you're playing single elimination. One game you, you win or you win or go home. And it, it, it's, it's going to be exciting for the, for the fans. So I, I just owe the community to, to come on out and uh one support the pirates, but just get to watch softball at an extremely high level it's it's gonna be an exciting week.
4: Shane Weekler joining us uh getting ready to wrap up year one, but let's uh let's go on a run here, Coach. Survive in advance. Why not, right? Let's uh let's make a let's make a run here.
2: Every day, one and know That's
4: that's the focus now. Good deal. Uh coach, thanks for joining us as always, man. Great to talk with you. We'll catch up with you again down the road. Thank you i appreciate it go pirates shane winkler first year head softball coach at east carolina trying to pull the upset on thursday survive in advance it's the aac softball tournament going on right here in greenville north carolina pirates play uh coming up in the five o'clock hour uh on thursday shirley wrote, is going to be pa there so she'll be missing the show on Thursday." so am i going to be here i'm just kidding i'm just i'm just playing I don't need Shirley mad at me like Chandler was. Shirley's a lot scarier when she's angry.
0: He, so Are, I'm, well, I'm, I'm going to do audio? Yeah. On what day? Thursday. Oh, this is news to me. <laughs> no, but I, no, I'll do it. That's fine. I just I wasn't aware of it. Yeah. All right. I could have sworn I
6: told you on Monday. Mm-mm. Did, did it, I tell you, CJ? You told
4: me. I, I didn't, told CJ. I didn't know about it either till today. Hey, Clip. Chandler's not going to be here Friday. <laughs> I, I heard about that, too. Yeah. Are okay. you going to be here, CJ? Well, I'm
6: not going to be here tomorrow. Are I'm you- only going to be here for half the show.
0: Tomorrow? today Today's no. Tuesday. Dang. Golly. <laughs> I was
6: Jesus. Thinking, I was thinking today. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, I th- thought uh, today. Right. Let's get this uh, straight wait, right here. no. I thought today was Wednesday. All right. Let's
4: take a break. Thursday. We'll get our calendars out, our schedules. Uh, what,
0: what, no, we'll talk about it as we get a break. All right, so Thursday.
4: Thursday, I'll do
0: audio. Yes. No, what about Friday? Because Friday, we're I'm fine.
6: <laughs> no, Friday, I'm fine.
4: Okay, just Thursday.
6: Just Thursday. Half the show? Half the show.
0: All right,
4: let's take a break. All right, glad we got that settled on the air. Take a time out, come back. When we return, we'll talk some Major League Baseball, some O's Baseball with Mark Brown, CamdenChat.com. That's on the way after this.
1: you're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This Hour of PRL is brought to you by First Bank. Together with our customers, we're creating a world where individuals and communities thrive. Visit the First Bank location on Arlington Boulevard in Greenville for all your personal and business banking needs. Now, back to the show.
6: Welcome back from sales to service. Greenville Auto World has all of your vehicle needs covered. You can shop all their inventory now at greenvilleautoworld.net. You're also looking for someone to service your vehicle. They have a full service and repair facility they do brakes oil changes tires inspections and they can repair any kind of vehicle greenville auto world across from speedway at bells fork and online at greenvilleautoworld.net thanks to tim sutton and jim rogers for their sponsorship of the program. Now let's head back into PRL. Here is Clip Brock.
4: All right, a uh, quick look at the Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard presented by Da Buck. Da Buck. Earlier today, the Tigers beat the Athletics 6 to nothing. That final, the only final in Major League Baseball. No other games going on right now. That was game one of a doubleheader. They'll begin game two shortly. And coming up tonight, a rare matchup, a unique matchup. You won't hear a lot on Pirate Radio. The Orioles are on the road to take on the Cardinals, the St. Louis Cardinals some interleague action tonight. We'll talk about that and more with Mark Brown CamdenChat.com who joins us now on Pirate Radio Live on this Tuesday. Mark, how you doing man?
3: Clip, I am doing pretty good today. Uh, I I just want to tell you I I have no official information but I I suspect we're going to see Adley Rutschman make his Major League debut within 10 days from today.
4: Uh, Does that have the O's faithful excited uh, to see the young catcher?
3: Yeah, I think people are getting pretty excited. Uh, Basically, a few weeks ago, they started assigning him on uh, minor league rehab, working back from his triceps uh, injury that he suffered during spring training. And he's bounced basically at a level per week. And uh, he's been at at home for each of the affiliates. And if that continues, which it looks like it might, uh, the Orioles, of course, are about to leave. Well, they're they're now in St. Louis on a road trip, but they're going to be back uh, Monday, May the 16th. So uh, I've kind of had my eye on the week of the 16th. uh, He might make his debut in Baltimore. Uh, Again, that's just me kind of getting my hopes up, but it's starting to feel like that's the way it's going to be. So we'll see if it bears out.
4: We'll have O's baseball for you tonight right here on Pirate Radio as they take on the Cardinals. Mark, uh, go down the the memory bank real quick. I'll put you on the spot here, but who is the most anticipated Orioles prospect? When you think about the – Excitement right now of, of Rushman and, and him joining the team and people are excited to see that high draft pick uh, join the big league roster Who is somebody in the past that you've had this anticipation for and, and how did it end up working out? Does any do any names come to mind?
3: You know, I can think of a couple uh, Probably most recently and even that was 10 years ago now was when the Orioles had Manny Machado and yeah. just uh, just a prospect and the, the, when they ended up calling him up, uh, to have him play third base for that 2012 Orioles team, like that was just, just made a huge impact on the team immediately. And of course, they were very good that year. Uh, and, and so that was a big part of that. Um, you know, that one, I, I went out of my way to go to his debut. I was like, I want to be there when Manny Machado debuts. Uh, before that, you had to go back a few more years to another switch hitting catcher, yeah. uh, Matt Weeders. Very, you know, uh, and of course, Matt Wieters was a fine Oriole. He never quite lived up to the hype. Yeah. And, you know, uh, at the time, people were like, oh, he's going to be Joe Maurer with power. Uh, you know, he's going to be this switch-hitting guy who's good from both sides of the plate. He's good defensively. Um, you know, he's going to be one of the best players in the league. And that never really happened with, with Um, You know, he was, he was a good player for several years. Uh, you know, a really good player for several years. But he wasn't the transcendent... Franchise altering player. And so, you know, t- talking about Rutchman, you're kind of getting similar hype. Rutchman is also the switch hitting catcher. They're the, you know, the prospect hype guys uh, around, you know, baseball uh, media world are like, okay, he can hit from both sides of the plate. He's good on defense. He's this, he's that. So, it you know, it sounds very familiar to what was said about weeders except now they're like, Oh yeah, but when we said all that about Matt Weeders, we didn't mean it as much as when we're talking about <laughs> Adley Rutschman. Uh, so you know, maybe maybe they'll be more right this time. But um, you know, I, I guess I, I'm a tiny bit uh, skeptical in that way. But
4: um, yeah, Weeders uh, came to mind for me, and uh, and and you mentioned Machado. How about? And I was glad to see. I, I wish Machado was still wearing the uh, the orange and black there in Baltimore, but. I was glad he went to, to San Diego rather than like a an L.A. or a New York or where all these guys uh, end up going. And for a while, I was wondering, you know, is this contract going to be a bust? And when you pay a guy that much money, there's a lot of chances it could be a bust. But, man, he, he's been awesome this year. He's in uh, MVP discussions with the Padres this year.
3: Yeah, you know, I think when he signed, you and I might have even talked about it a little bit. I'm I'm glad he's on the West Coast, not in the American League, so whatever he does, it, it doesn't really impact the Orioles, so no. I'm not going to have the pain of, uh, you know, as you said, if he was on the Yankees or the Red Sox, and the Orioles are playing them 90 times a year, uh, Manny Machado hitting home runs against the Orioles, uh, you know, seven times a year or something, uh, would have given me a little heartburn. So, I am I'm glad he's uh I'm glad he's doing well out there. Uh you know, I'm I'm glad his team is doing well. Um uh, you know, I, I have no beef against the San Diego Padres. Um so uh you know, yeah, if, if he's gone from hot prospect to got the huge contract and he certainly is uh living up to it this year
4: mark brown camdenchat.com joining us as we sit here on may the 10th the orioles aren't terrible mark uh 12 and 17 they've given the fans some things to cheer about this year now last time we talked a few weeks ago the you talked about a trend in baseball where runs were down and uh in the o's case uh they were top five as the team in era so let's get an update on those trends uh how about runs scored overall have you seen a pickup in that and also how are the o's uh pitching Uh, how's that going for them right now
3: i mean runs are still down across baseball the orioles heated up a little bit we had some 70 80 degree days up in baltimore uh coinciding with this homestand before the most recent royals series and uh the, the orioles bats did pick up a bit while that was going on so uh you know as the weather warms up we'll see if that continues but um the pitching has slipped a little bit. Right now they have the 8th best ERA in the American League, which I mean, clip, you know, uh if you had talked to me 6 weeks ago and <laughs> said, "Okay, the Orioles are going to have the 8th best ERA in the American League," I would have been spinning around like Homer Simpson on the floor and uh, you know, doing the woo, 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 doing one of those. Uh, you know, I I would have been unfathomable to me because the Orioles have pretty much had the worst pitching staff in major league baseball. Uh, for, I think, all the last three uh, 162-game seasons. So the fact that there's been improvement is really remarkable, especially considering uh, it hasn't even happened with, you know, fans were maybe kind of thinking, okay, when again, talking about prospects, uh, the top pitching prospects like Grayson Rodriguez and D.L. Hall, uh, probably going to arrive later this season, and people might have thought, okay, maybe there will be an improvement then. But, um I mean, we're getting, getting good pitching from guys like Bruce Zimmerman, a uh, Baltimore native and a uh, former rule five pick Tyler Wells, uh, along with a bullpen full of um, guys you wouldn't have really expected to be doing as well as they are. So that's good. Um, offense has not quite gotten quite as good as I might've hoped. Um, the Orioles at least do have a good, a solid quartet of players hitting well, which the last time we talked was not the case. There's uh we got Ryan Mountcastle, Cedric Mullins, Austin Hayes, Anthony Santander, all hitting pretty well right now. So uh, I guess the question is going to be, are more players going to heat up? Uh, of course, it would be nice if Trey Mancini could heat up. Uh, you've noted in the past, Neto Dor is not my favorite Oriole. It would be nice if he could heat up. Um, so I guess the question is going to be, are they going to start replacing some of the underperforming guys with prospects? Uh, neither of the Orioles catchers is hitting well. So there's an opportunity if Richmond does show up in the next, uh, week and a half, as I'm thinking, uh, for him to really improve that. Uh, third base, Ramon Arias really not hitting very well. Odor again at second base, not hitting very well. Also not playing good defense. So can the Orioles find any guys in the minors to fill those other infield spots? Uh, you know, that's, that's less certain immediately. Nobody's lighting it up at, uh, AAA Norfolk, but, uh, that's kind of going to be the next question. Uh, can they can they do get a little bit better from the guys who are still underperforming?
4: Talking O's baseball with Mark Brown, CamdenChat to dot com today on Pirate Radio Live. We got the O's and the Cardinals going at it tonight right here on Pirate Radio. Right now, the Orioles sit fourth in the AL East. The Yankees uh, in first at twenty and eight, and then you've got the Rays three games back uh, and the Blue Jays four games back of New York. And and speaking of uh, pitching and, and good pitching. Uh, The Yankees, one of three teams in the American League, to not allow 100 runs this year. And the Yankees, by far, uh, the lowest amount of runs allowed at 75. So, uh, I I don't know. Typically, when you think New York, you think Bombers, you think runs scored, uh, Mark. But uh, they've got some great pitching this year so far.
3: Yeah, and you know, it always pains me a little bit to say the Yankees are good, and of course they've been good pretty much uh, every year of my life for the last uh, twenty-five years, which is you know not my, not my favorite thing, but uh, yes, they're they're doing very well. They've uh, they've got both uh, guys you would have expected to be doing well, like Garrett Cole uh their their huge free agent signing from a couple of years ago, and then they've also got uh Nestor Cortez who actually a former Oriole he was a rule five pick in the dan Duquette era uh he didn't amount to much here bounced around, and the Yankees had him around and eventually polished him uh, right now he's got a one point four one e r a after his first six starts, which is just uh you know really absurd for a guy that was again a former rule five pick Those guys almost never amount to much but uh they just kind of forgot about him for a couple of years, and then he was able to turn himself into, uh, so far this year, a really a fantastic pitcher. So, you know, that, that uh, kind of fuels my theory that the Yankees have some kind of uh, dark magic uh, fueling their continual success. But, uh, you know, that, that's just the way it goes for them.
4: Speaking of uh, former O's, Mark, I, I was watching uh, a trivia program last night, uh, The Dozen, and uh, I host sports trivia on Wednesday, so – I'm a uh, trivia uh, fanatic, and it was uh, where did players make their debut, uh, you know, begin their careers, and Kurt Schilling uh, was a trivia question. What team did he make his major league debut for? And uh, I was not aware that that answer was the Baltimore Orioles. You were probably too young to be upset to to know that he was uh, an Oriole and then got away and became a, a great pitcher. Uh, but uh, I don't know, Do, do you, uh, does his name ever come up with those fans? I'm sure you were aware of that anyway.
3: Yeah, you know, clip when he got traded, that was for Glenn Davis, who at the time was on the Houston Astros. And the idea was going to be – I was young for this. I've absorbed this as I've gotten you know, older and, and people who were, uh, who were adults then, kind of that pain filtered down, so to speak. Uh, the idea was they knew they were building Camden Yards and so they were going to get a, a slugger that was going to be able to hit into the, the new stadium's dimension. So huh. they, traded, um, they traded Schilling, they traded Steve Finley, and Pete Harnish, all three of whom went on to have wow. careers for a long time uh, for Davis. Davis played like two years. He got hurt. Uh, he, he was never able to live up to that. So, yeah, that one still stings in Baltimore. Um, it, it stung a bit less, really, once the Orioles started being good again Uh Really, ten years ago now, as I said. So, like, you know, when you had, they weren't good from 1998 to 2011, and Finley and Harnish and Schilling all were still in the league doing stuff. It was like, <laughs> oh my gosh, you know, this is terrible. Um, but you know, it's faded a bit. I mean, that was that was more than 30 years ago now. Yeah. So people got to get over stuff eventually. Uh, um, I'm not always a good example of that. <laughs> I I, I, you know, still hold on to a little bit, but. Um, now I- I've moved on from Glenn Davis. I mean, the reality is, um, they did trade all those guys to Houston. Uh, none of them were particularly good for Houston, so it's not like the Astros necessarily ripped off the Orioles. They, the, all three of them kind of filtered out and just ended up being good elsewhere. So, you know, that's kind of what I got to hang my hat on over the thirty-one uh, ish years of. Uh, shilling having been gone yeah
4: yeah and uh and things change even the uh short porch we were talking about there has changed uh what what, i don't know any thoughts on the uh the left field wall being moved back how has that impacted anything at all mark
3: yeah you know the right field wall is still a short porch although it's taller and uh, they got the flag court up there but yeah the left field wall it's 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 just crazy to watch uh still because you just you know, you you watch enough baseball games, and you just get a sense. Okay, you see how hard a guy hits it, what direction it's going. You can just kind of think, okay, that's a homer. Uh, especially with the short left field that used to be a cabin Yards. Well, now they moved it back as much as thirty feet. Uh, what used to be like a three hundred sixty-three foot left center field uh, is now three hundred ninety-three feet, and in addition, the wall is now twelve feet tall instead of being about six feet tall. So. Uh, it's, it's really different, you know, 30 feet back is a lot and the wall is tall. So just, uh, just on Sunday, the Orioles had Ryan Mountcastle. He hit a ball that hit off the top of the padding at the top of the wall, 393 feet away. And it wasn't a home run. I was like, <laughs> holy crap. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, it's, you know, trying to get used to it. It really takes a lot to get my head wrapped around it. Um, I, I, I'm not used to it yet. Uh, one of the Orioles beat writers for the Baltimore Sun has been keeping track. Uh, so far it has hurt Orioles batters more than it's helped Orioles pitchers. Um, they keep having home runs get taken away. Just that would have been home runs last year. Uh, I think that maybe the, uh, Orioles expected the opposite when they moved the wall. Uh, of course you and I have talked a little bit, uh, major league baseball has maybe kind of deadened the baseballs out a little bit. Uh, I think if the Orioles knew that was coming, they might've, uh, done differently with the wall, but, uh, it's it, it definitely made for a different, uh, different stadium. I think that has contributed both to the Orioles' offense being uh, a bit worse than I might have expected and the Orioles' pitching staff being a bit better than I might have expected.
4: Mark Brown came to chat.com, joining us. O's on the road, uh, interleague action taking on the Cardinals. You can hear it tonight right here on Pirate Radio, and we'll have the O's and Tigers coming up this weekend uh, before they get back home for the yankees and potentially uh the uh, prize prospect catcher coming up for baltimore very very soon so mark uh maybe next time we chat uh later on this month or or in early june we'll uh we'll recap the debut of uh, adley rushman maybe we'll have that to talk about
3: yeah, I sure. I sure hope by the next time we talk, he's up. Uh, it, it, it seems like it's going to take uh, you know some kind of devastating injury that would really, uh, really be a bummer if he's not here by then. So we'll see. So uh, just a little bit of trivia for you, by the way. This is the Orioles' first visit to St. Louis since two thousand three. Uh, so uh, history being made, not quite, but uh, <laughs> wow.
4: Uh, what all do you have going on at uh, CamdenChat.com dot right now, Mark?
3: Well, as you said, we're starting the, the Orioles are starting the series against the Padres, so we got a preview there. Uh, we are looking at the Orioles Minors, where a number of prospects are doing well, uh, including uh, Bowie infielder Gunnar Henderson, who's got now a 26-game on base streak to start the season, and he is just 20 years old, so uh, he's not not on the Richmond level yet, but uh, he's he's definitely in the second level of, of prospects I'm excited about. Uh, We're also looking at how Austin Hayes, who's now batting over uh, 320 so far this season, has been having his success so far this year. So, uh, you know, 7.45 first pitch later tonight, and uh, we'll be watching the game. So if you want to swing by, we'll be glad to have you.
4: Mark Brown, CamdenChat.com, joining us. Mark, always enjoy the baseball chat. The O's chat. We'll do it again soon. Thanks for joining us.
3: All right, sounds good. Take care, Cliff
4: that O's baseball coming your way tonight right here on pirate radio as they take on the st louis cardinals the uh normally mild-mannered mark brown we've had him on quite a few times but he's never made a noise quite like he made during that uh interview and do you have that charlie the uh I i believe he said that was homer simpson spinning spinning around on the floor on the floor I got tickled at that myself I, I, when he did that.
6: He said it was a Homer Simpson thing, but he sounds more like Three Stooges. That's exa- <laughs> I mean, that sounds more like
4: Three <laughs> Why Stooges. <I>, Why, a-
6: <laughs> All
4: right. Well, we got a new sound effect. I don't know what we'll use it for. Um The
6: next time you and Troy argue over horses that's me trying to tell you guys to
2: knock it off
4: all right fair enough i'll take a time out come back wrap up our number two bryce williams joins us in hour number three Dang. the married man i'm married married man married man now i i don't think any of us was invited to the wedding
0: but thanks to social <clears throat> media nowadays i was able to see some of the scenery and, man, what a beautiful venue.
4: What a beautiful wedding. What a beautiful wedding
0: for Bryce and Anna. But it was beautiful. It was nice. And, uh, of course, Bryce looked dapper.
4: Dapper Bryce Williams. Surely you're the only one that might recognize the reference. Married man, married man, drives around in a minivan. Was that John Boy and Billy? Okay, she's shaking her head, yes.
0: I used to listen to that every morning going to school.
4: Do you remember Married Man? Mm-mm. Okay, well, that's why I said you wouldn't remember. Do you remember... Um, well, damn, now I can't think of it. He used to always talk about a boat he had for sale or something. Was it John Boy and Billy
0: that they used to play the George Jones song, It's Finally Friday?
4: Don't know. I was kind of in and out. I was never a loyal listener to that.
0: It's finally Friday.
4: But I was a uh, juices flowing. loyal radio listener and uh big Rome guy, big Howard Stern guy, a little bit of John Bloomberry. Always a big uh clone. Alright, let's take a break. We'll come back. More to go Pirate Radio Live. After More this. Lady
0: Clones.
1: You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by First Bank. Together with our customers, we're creating a world where individuals and communities thrive. Visit the First Bank location on Arlington Boulevard in Greenville for all your personal and business banking needs. Now back to the show.
6: Welcome back. Hey, did you miss a show on Pirate Radio? Well, you can listen to all of Pirate Radio's archived local programming by subscribing to us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or Spotify. Subscribe today by going to the podcast app on your iPhone or Apple device and search for Pirate Radio Audio Archives. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here is your host, clipper Rock.
4: Wrapping up our number two of Pirate Radio Live. we got some pirate baseball tonight in East Carolina taking on Duke. It'll be South Florida in town this weekend. Next week, the Pirates will wrap up the regular season with Campbell and Houston. And all of those eight games I just mentioned are at home at Clark LeClaire Stadium. So East Carolina will wrap up the regular season with eight straight at the friendly confines before heading to Clearwater, Florida for the AAC tournament. And uh, pretty amazing right now to me. And I... I wrote East Carolina off as an at large. They're in a good spot right now if they keep playing the way they are to go into the tournament as an at large, get into a regional as an at large. But all of the prognostications now have them basically as an automatic qualifier, saying East Carolina is going to win their conference tournament, which they very well could do. We've seen them do it a lot in the past. But this. I saw this one just retweeted a moment ago, College Baseball Nation, which I don't know what the hell that is, but they have East Carolina as a two-seed in Blacksburg against Virginia Tech. So it kind of tells you what East Carolina has done uh, here of late to put themselves in a really good spot. And back-to-back sweeps, you think they can go out win the next two series, uh, have a fantastic record, a regular season championship, and see what happens in the conference tournament, but my line of thinking has done a 180 here in the last uh, couple months, month and a half or so, on East Carolina's postseason outlook.
0: Uh, Scooter will be very tickled with that um, regional, and I like that regional more than being a three seed at Louisville.
4: Definitely, yeah. So, a- and and who knows how it's going to play out, but the Pirates looking at a uh, just to even be considered as a two right now is. Pretty remarkable, I
0: think. I mean, back-to-back sweeps, um, and that's huge. And this is a team that knows how to win. Uh, There's plenty of guys on this team that has been a part of winning in the past, just like last year. And once they get acclimated with that, which they have in the past two weekends, um, they get more comfortable. And to be at home to ride out the rest of the regular season is huge because we know how the crowd at Clark LeClaire Stadium can be, and it can be uh, a tenth man there in the field. Uh, for this program. So it all starts tonight against Duke and then uh, into this weekend against South Florida.
4: Chad asking, uh, were you a Lex and Terry fan? Man, I miss 99X. That was his comments. I agree with the second part wholeheartedly. I miss the uh, awful era of music that was 99X. Just some loud guitar, some screaming. Uh, I became to be a Lex and Terry fan. I held a grudge against them for a long time because they took off howard stern and put uh lex and terry on and uh they had some good bits some good segments but i don't know kind of got old was never my favorite so there you go chandler what was your uh were you always a radio fan um
0: not i mean i like i said i used to watch or li- watch, listen to the radio on the way to school in the mornings with my dad and we usually w- listen to john boy and billy Bobby Bones show.
4: Bobby Bones? Yeah. Huh. I don't know who that is.
0: It's like on a country station.
4: Okay. <laughs> like, uh, I don't know Bobby Bones. Uh, is that his real name?
0: I don't think so. <laughs> I'm I'm more than positive that's just his regular name. <laughs>
4: Shirley, I brought this up before. I remember going on the way to school hearing John Moore. Mm-hmm. So did he do like a... Was it a Young and the Restless recap or something? Yes. And I as a matter of fact, going, he still does
6: it. He still does it? He still does it. I
4: gotta hear that.
2: And uh, I just uh, him there going, was Ashley, he used to, Ashley, Ashley. <laughs>
6: yeah. Um yeah, he used to do a Young and the Restless uh report and then it was like six flags over some weird town out of nowhere. Like um
4: Young and the Restless is still going on.
6: Yeah, Young and the Restless is one of the few daytime soaps that are still is still on network TV.
4: I want to look at the cast. I think Days of
6: Our Lives is. I think Days of Our Lives is still on, but um, not for much longer. I believe.
4: Yeah, they're sharing. So I don't know if these people, there's no way these people are still in it.
0: My grandmother loved her some
4: Young and the Restless. Uh, that's where I watched it at my grandparents' house. My mom, my mom. And my parent. my mom. My mom
6: is a diehard Days of Our Lives fan. As a matter of fact, I got her hooked on that show. I, st- I watched Days of Our Lives when I was in high school, and my mom never watched daytime soaps until i started watching it and then she's been hooked on it ever since and i quit watching it years you know my grandmother years.
0: my grandmother would pick me up from school we'd go get ice cream and she said all right well let's go i gotta get back and watch my story
4: watch the story
6: and look i mean to this day my mother when she's watching if she watches days of our lives i am not allowed to speak to her until the commercials come on
4: is it still 12 30 on uh, on cbs
6: now that i don't know but i do know that it it is still on
4: all right tomorrow at lunch i'm going to try to remember while i'm here at work to watch uh, young and the restless you know it's and funny because I I, I I walked
6: away can from you? days of our lives years you know for years and then when i came back i was like oh i know that character i know that character they're, they're probably still, still doing there. the
4: same storyline same That's story like can can yeah y'all, can y'all wild. hum the theme dun 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 dun, dun. Dun dun, dun
6: dun 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 That's Young and the Restless. I'm thinking Days of our lives in my head.
4: Dun 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 <laughs> dun dun dun
6: dun <laughs>
4: With man, the piano. That brings back memories. Bryce right Williams is here. Bryce, He's a married uh,
0: man. He said, I'm gonna come on the show whenever I please.
4: You and Anna are gonna watch some story. Did you uh do you are you familiar with Young and the Restless? Uh,
0: is that
8: um that's burnt. not with Matthew McConaughey is. <laughs> No,
4: it's not. Oh, uh, It's yeah. one of those daytime uh, dramas that they have on oh. when you're, like, sick from school or whatever. Oh, right.
6: Yeah, nah, like, you long. know, you'd watch, if you were home sick from school, you'd watch, game shows. you'd watch the game shows. You'd watch Price is Right. Price is Right, yeah. Then you'd grab yourself, like, maybe a little bowl of soup and some crackers. Because <laughs> come 1 o'clock...
4: It's time for it's Victor day- Newman to...
6: It's time for Stefano
7: the
4: <laughs> Good times. Good times. We got a lot to talk about with Bryce Williams. Yeah. Uh, we'll do a full wedding recap. We'll talk about the highs, the lows, who was the MVP of the wedding. <laughs> <laughs>
6: who found Hogan's goat?
4: Yeah. Ooh, where was Hogan's goat found uh, this weekend? and uh bryce i got some mike houston audio he joined us yesterday on the show we'll recap some things he had to say talk some pirate football this hour as well with bryce williams also make you a winner a lot more to go Shirley, what you got
6: questions of the week don't forget
4: i've got a few of them right here we got some new questions for bryce as well all that and more on the way pirate radio live back with you after this
1: You're listening to Hour three of pirate radio live this hour of prl is brought to you by bud light reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly bud light the official beer of the ecu pirates and proudly distributed by carolina eagle distributing since 1989 now back to the show
6: welcome back quality equipment is your full service john deere dealer with 28 locations to serve you Quality Equipment is open in Winterville next to Sam's Club, or you can visit qualityequip.com to find the location near you. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here is your host, Clip Rock.
4: All right, just a couple old married men chatting it up here. Uh Just uh, some old rocking chair married man that's right bryce williams joining us on a tuesday bryce uh, you got hitched over the weekend uh-huh. thanks for joining us i, I believe and again uh, i hate the pry to your personal life but you uh did a, a mini retreat to the beach
8: yeah just brief uh okay. you know we didn't come straight into um um back home you know after the wedding on saturday we stayed at the beach sunday okay. sunday and monday and uh you know just came back this morning so just sort of decompress and hang out well
4: we're glad to have you here oh and, yeah uh, appreciate it so do you feel any different anything what you need more headphones? Uh, more headphones ellerby likes to so i'm gonna put them tell me where you want me to stop That's is that good. good oh yeah so they were about there earlier today and Ellerby puts them on and the music hits and he goes oh my god whoa <laughs> <laughs> who's deaf sitting in this chair <laughs> i was like well mike houston i guess he was the last one in there i, I don't know if ellerby has the hearing of a dog yeah. where he picks up everything but uh anyway you good to go i'm good i all like right. it
0: yeah right. sounds good <laughs> hey ellerby watch this <laughs> the dog whistle goes <laughs> <It was> berserk
4: <laughs> he's uh he's got some uh, best hearing this side of the mississippi Jonathan <laughs> all right so bryce uh any has anything changed in your life
8: no um not yet i guess I you got, got a shiny got, ring, I got a ring on ring on so i'm getting used to wearing that thing yeah it's so like i'll forget it's on and then i remember i've got a ring and i'll have to double check it's on and you know animals good fit it it? i think so like i got kn- bigger knuckles like the bases and this so but it's good right now my fingers were i guess when it was colder and contracted mm-hmm. and i was like damn i can get that uh <laughs> um fixed did you get emotional i got emotional it was weird you know you're sitting there we're getting ready i'm like i think i should cry i mean i'm excited to cry i think i want to cry while we were like getting ready and then you know we get there you know and then the wedding's about to start and i'll the first look and then i just
4: people listening right now because i i cried i feel like sure uh Did you cry on your wedding day? Just send me a yes or no on Facebook Live or Twitter mm-hmm. or social media. Did, yes or no, did you cry? I got to I gotta think 90% I cry. Think so. I think more than that, but we'll see what answers we get. Yeah. Uh, just one of those things. The emotions get to you.
8: Which my brother did. My twin brother didn't cry. But
4: Sean, he's... Are you going to cry at his wedding? oh you mean he didn't cry at his wedding at his wedding interesting yeah are they yeah. still together everything okay oh they're great i mean they're <laughs> which is funny
8: she just knows that she always makes a joke out he didn't shed a daggum tear it uh when he saw me he's got nerves to steal he, he must because one of my all my buddies have cried um my older brother but yeah sean he uh he held
0: it in i
4: didn't even know chandler back then and he cried when i got married Chandler's an emotional guy. Yeah,
0: I am. I really am. And I'm going to cry at my wedding. More because oh, I'm yeah. surprised that somebody's marrying yeah. me. <laughs> She's
6: going to go Are through Are you it. sure you want to do
3: this? Are you sure? <laughs> Hell has frozen over.
4: Chandler, you're going to find you a good gal. Good old gal. Oh, by yeah. these days. Uh By the way, speaking of Chandler, uh, he will not be here for part of the show on Friday. No, nah, I, I might as well just not come at all because he's got to do his sales part of the job. Mm. Mike P says Chandler making them sales more like Chandler makes all the money cut. He went a long way for that one. Mike
0: P is always thank you, always
4: Mike P. on it. Shirley's debating. Nope, oh, she's not going to give you anything. Nope. Right. <laughs> nope, you get nothing. You
6: got to earn it.
4: All right. So, um what were the highlights of the wedding, Bryce? What uh what was your favorite part?
8: Um well, I guess initially it was uh obviously marrying Anna um was there. unfortunately it had rained. Um it's like it was beautiful all the way up until like four o'clock. I mean, no, I bet it was four thirty. Meant we're getting, you know, weddings or five. I mean just beautiful weather. And you can sort of see the clouds went picking up and you're just like, no way. And Anna was you know, just that was her worst fear was it was rain and uh and it was an outside wedding. So um I was the highlight. Was definitely marrying her. You know, the reception went good. You know, all the food was good. Everything was good. The ceremony was kind of the doubt. Da- you know, the kind of the letdown because uh, you know it rained and people kind of everybody was there, but some people were in the pews, some people were standing, and it just wasn't kind of how she pictured. And uh, you know, and the, unfortunately, you know, the, she came out of, like this whole door through a vine thing. And, uh, unfortunately, you know, the photographer's trying to do her job. You don't want to see the pictures, but she had an umbrella. And, like, I could barely, pretty much didn't really see Anna. I saw her up there, and then she got covered up by the umbrella about halfway. And I am like, a mumbling under the face. I said, dang, I wish that camera would move could so I could see her. And then she obviously split, and I saw her in the last half. So that, the ceremony for me and Anna was kind of a bummer um but yeah, look
4: it'll be memorable because you all yeah. of, all that did happen and I, I hope y'all don't look at it as a bad omen or anything it's just like it's not yeah. you always like and i don't know about you it's more for the the bride yeah. a lot of times yeah and they picture it their entire lives in oh, this yeah. special day so i could see how that would be a yeah. downer
8: and it definitely was you know for her and yeah. um but you know Cause she's like she'd like you know was planned to everything. I mean, oh, she yeah. like she spent you know ever since we got engaged, it was like boom full force. Seeing the pictures of previous weddings there, you know supposed to eat under the lights and just all this. Yeah. And it kind of got rained on her, so, so she was upset. So kind of bummed me out. Sure. But But you know, I mean, everyone we talked to and every just the conversation. I mean, everybody had a great time. Um, you know, it wasn't a boring wedding by any means. Everybody was on the dance floor. The band was good. Everybody enjoyed the food. I mean, everything went good. Good deal. Just kind of the ceremony. It was a little bit of a letdown, but, you know, I still, she still looked about what, as beautiful what, as can be. And What was the uh, band plan? What was their specialty? They were playing like more, because they had played at CJ's birthday this past summer, and that's how I found them. Um, and then, you know, Mary liked them. Well, Anna liked them. Um, then obviously Mary did the coordinate and everything. But they play like more. Um, it's like I guess it's like seventies groovy stuff, not like beach music, but like blue, you know.
4: I wanna put on oh. my, 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 my my boogie shoes. <laughs> I don't know boogie, boogie. I don't know.
8: It wasn't that song, but it was like <laughs> it What's was the that song? it was like that. Play get that Get Down
4: music. on it
0: yeah it was like just get
4: down genre on it
8: like
0: that yeah <laughs> like casey and the sunshine band earth Wind and fire i need a song Give places a...
4: like that i can't remember the songs. <laughs> um but just some good ones well, what was y'all's uh song you the first dance
8: uh unforgettable
4: um by nat king cole, nat king cole says
8: it was i guess the classical ish yeah uh yeah right, huh? it, that king was cole? uh our first dance so. all right
4: good deal it was good um Reception food, what was the highlight there?
8: Uh, so we had um, filet, mm. uh, you know, filet pieces, and then, like, chi- uh, chicken and veggies. Uh, everybody loved the Parmesan risotto. Hmm. Um, Sounds good. I mean, the re- reception food was delicious. <laughs> I, mean, I think a lot of—I think we had four tiers of the cake, and I think two tiers got eight. So that was good because the other one was, you know, just our, the top one that me and Anna keep. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, uh, everybody ate the cake, loved the food, rehearsal dinner food, wedding food, um, drinks. Um, mm. I mean, it was... Was there plenty of beverages consumed? There was. We ran out of gin, I think, oh, and wow. um, supposedly some beer stuff.
4: Were, like cake beer stuff. What was your... Were you, um, like, nervous, or, like, was there a point where you were happy to get it over with, or were, were you able to enjoy the um, whole day?
8: Yeah, I mean, it was i don't think I ever was really nervous honestly um i guess it was mainly going back and forth like i hope i cry like because i didn't feel emotional
4: you didn't yeah. want to look unemotional
8: yeah like I, did, I like <laughs> leading up to it like the whole thing you know i wasn't emotional or anything
4: um but then as soon as you thought about how you couldn't be on the water and you were like man i
0: something. <laughs> <laughs> I There's know. What am <laughs> <say from current laughs> I gonna say for a What I'll do? I want to fish.
8: Yeah, <laughs> but uh, but then as I I wish as me as and Jake were out there. huh? Yeah, Oh, I know. <laughs> but as soon as I saw her, you know, I got. There um, you go. I'm awful soft when it comes to that. Big old softy.
4: Uh, yeah. Oh, by the way, um, Ellerby and I were talking earlier how you probably come in here and and hadn't changed at all. Which, well, would you really? But yeah. you're a pretty stable, you know, dude. And uh, he said you know have you ever seen bryce mad or when's the last time bryce got mad and i said the only time you ever get a little fired up is when we talk about how the panthers kind of messed you over on draft (laughs) day that's the only time you get a little like when's the last time you were legitimately upset about something bryce
8: uh sometimes it goes with uh subcontractors like with the houses and stuff that gets awful aggravating or dealing with realtors uh like I, the buyers into the realtors
4: i don't even think i like, can picture you there. really mad like yeah i mean most
8: of the time i try not to get mad i mean yeah. i'll i'll it i guess it's either it's kind of none or all i gotta go either uh, like nothing or too much yeah it's kind of what it
4: is. well let's not get there <laughs> let's keep him where he's at yeah all right there's your uh your bryce williams wedding recap anything else before we moved on we've spent a lot of time on this I want to talk some pirate football. So let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk pirate football. Uh, We got some questions for Bryce. We'll also make you a winner. And uh, we might have some pirate radio outdoors. We'll find out a lot more to get to with Bryce Williams this hour. We're back with you after this.
6: Are you interested in Botox or filler? Contact the licensed professionals at Beauty Bar Medi Spa on Red Banks Road in Greenville. Free consultations are available by calling 752 1406 or visiting beautybarmedispa.com. Enjoy your visit. Love your transformation. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here's your host, Cliff Brock.
4: All righty, here with former East Carolina tight end Bryce Williams, a position of strength for East Carolina. For the first time in a long time, and we had ECU football coach Mike Houston uh, joining us at 5 o'clock uh, yesterday. So you can hear that, hour three of Monday's show. It's available for you on YouTube, Facebook. You can watch it, you can download it in podcast form and uh, hear that interview in its entirety if you like. But we'll run uh, a couple of cuts here and uh, get Bryce's thoughts on some pirate football as we are entering the uh, the summer portion Uh, summer workouts next and then uh, we'll get to fall camp and september uh, we'll get to some east carolina footballs. they start the season with nc state here at daddy ficklin stadium mike houston said why he's excited about this team and why fans should be excited about this 2022 ecu football team
9: you know now we sit here we have tremendous depth on the offensive line and defensive line i mean yeah, we shouldn't have that that first year, right? Uh, we have experienced guys. We have guys that know the schemes. You know, we've got you know I, I think two of the best running backs, if not the best running backs in this league. Uh, you have an experienced veteran quarterback uh, who's a proven winner. Uh, you have an outstanding number two right there with him. Uh, you know, you, you, your your receivers. We've been able to address that this spring, so you've got a good group of uh, of weapons, tight ends, wide receivers. You know, defensively, your your secondary is very experienced. So you're sitting here all of a sudden that, you know, you're talking about you know having a, a roster that's really in, in in very good shape for the foreseeable future. And so that's that's why you're so excited about the about the season and the program. Not
0: only the guys that you've brought in, but now they know your system. You know, <clears throat> right. they, they know uh, the playbook, so to speak. They right. they
9: understand what the culture's all about. I was about to say that's the big thing. They know. I mean, they're going to. Sh- they're off for a couple of weeks right now. You know, we have a, a team meeting on May twenty second. We start workouts again May twenty third. The one thing I know on May twenty third is they're going to work hard. They're going to compete. You know, they understand. You know, all those culture things that we were trying to build that first year or so. All
4: right, there is Mike Houston and uh, some uh, some things to be excited about there, Bryce. It's crazy to think that if there's a weakness or the biggest question mark on this offense right now is the receiver position, which has always been so stacked with talent. Yeah. But this year, it's a bit of an unknown. Tyler Sneed uh, leaving a year early, not on the roster. CJ Johnson still kind of in limbo. We asked Mike Houston about him, says he still has a opportunity uh, to get on this roster. He's still on the roster, but to be implemented Uh, Back into the good graces of the team and be a part of the football team. So a lot of unknowns right now. You bring in some transfers to try to help out that position. We know that can go good or it it could go not so great. So that's kind of crazy that going into the year, that's your question mark on offense.
8: Mm, Oh, yeah. Um, I guess we've had a good – you know, we've had a receiver course since obviously I played, and we can obviously go back to – you know. Dwayne back, before you, you, right? Yeah, Man. oh yeah, Dwayne, um eighty-eight, Lance Lewis. Yeah. Um, you know, so, so it is odd to uh you know have that in question, but I'm actually um kinda prideful that the tight ends are the he's mentioned the tight ends being the strength Absolutely. of uh, the offense, of course. So um that is exciting for me. Um, you know, I know we'll get the receiving core um the receivers um, you know, back in uh back in the saddle and I think get some good players coming up.
4: Uh, Mike Houston, Shirley, we'll do cut four, talked about some of the newcomers to keep an eye on, especially at that receiver position, and uh, went over some other parts of the roster.
9: A couple of the newest names are Isaiah Winstead, uh, transfer receiver from Toledo, Uh, And uh, Jarrett Garner, uh, transfer wide out from Duke. Uh, Jalen Johnson, you know, everybody kind of heard his name throughout spring practice, even though he was, uh, you know, a little nicked up, you know, through part of the spring. But, you know, those are our two newest Pirates. Uh, You know, both kids, you know, have great length. They're 6'3", 6'4". Uh, really good speed, experienced guys. You know they're going to come in and make an immediate impact. Playmakers. Once. Yeah, I mean that's we have some some young returning receivers. They're going to be great. You know, great guys to come in and be you know leaders, uh, experienced players. Uh, really, you know, help that room uh, play at the level we need it to. All right, where? On, uh, what about on the defensive side? <clears throat> um, well, I mean, we got most of them back. You know, J Mac and. Uh, uh, a couple of the seniors that graduated, uh, you know, are gone. But uh, you know, just about everybody on that side of the ball, uh, you know, everybody knows them. You know, mm-hmm. Xavier and Miles inside uh, at the inside linebacker position. You know, Gerard and Jaira. Uh, you know, at the at that outside backer in a safety position. Um, you know, Juwan Powell in the secondary, Julius Wood in the secondary, uh, Malik Fleming at corner uh demille hickman had a great spring at corner so you know a lot of those guys are known commodities our our d line uh you know we played them all in 2020 and we talked about you know the the difficulties of playing true freshmen well now they got now they got a couple of years of experience under their belt they're still young right but they're experienced so excited about uh you know we're going to rotate you know nine ten players there on the defensive front
4: yeah. yeah, that was my question. How many do you feel comfortable with playing on the D line? A lot. You, you double digits? Just about. A lot. That's yeah. great. And, I mean, it's, and and the thing is, you know, that first year, I
9: don't know if you remember, uh, you know, those guys were playing ninety-five snaps a game, and they just they can't go that long. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Alex. I mean, he he played ninety-plus snaps every week. Uh, you know, if if you can play them, you know. 50 snaps, mm-hmm. 45, 50 snaps. Keep them fresh. They stay fresh. They can play at a very high level. Uh, they're going to be much more productive, uh, and so that's uh, that's really you, the
0: key up front. You talked earlier about having some depth on that O-line, yeah, and, and that is so important too because oh, no they're doubt. kind of the unsung heroes. The more protection you have, and that's always been an Achilles heel, I feel, for us here at East Carolina is just kind of trying to find those guys on the the O-line and having depth there. It hasn't been something that's been easy to come by. But if you have it, boy, being able to give Holton that extra second or two makes all the difference, being able to open up those gaps for the running backs. I mean, it it really can make you or break you. So what's your expectation with those guys this year?
9: Well, this is by far the best offensive line we've had. Uh, I feel very good, too deep, uh, you know, with guys that I feel like are are starting caliber uh, linemen in this league. And, you know, we have some new faces, Justin Red and Ben Johnson coming in here uh, as uh, as transfers. And, and they're going to compete for playing time immediately. But then you've got all the guys that played last year. You know, Noah Henderson is an experienced veteran guy that's played at a very high level. Avery Jones, an experienced, uh, you know, guy that's played at a very high level. Uh, Nashad Strother had a really, really strong spring Isaiah Foote had a strong spring. Uh, you got Bailey and uh, a couple of the other guys coming off of uh, s- some surgeries in the off season. So, you know, we have a, a group where it's, you know, you're not just one deep. Yeah, you mentioned the front.
4: Mike Houston there talking about the, uh, the trenches, uh, likes what he has uh, on the D line. And they're talking about the offensive line. And now they developed uh, some depth there, Bryce. And that is something they addressed really right when they got here. They had to and they did i remember those recruiting classes just filled with defensive linemen in the early days of mike houston here and it's uh it's paid off and uh he's brought in uh a lot of numbers and some of those guys have worked out and we're going to see him on the field this year
8: oh yeah you know it was definitely painful through those earlier years you know holding didn't have a you know didn't have one second to make it you know to make a decision or make a throw Um, uh, but now that we see that um He should have plenty of time to, you know, get uh, third of the open guy or make, you know, you know, obviously let plays develop um, will be huge and I think you will be uh, definitely beneficial to um, the games.
4: And I still think run blocking has been better than pass blocking and and we had a thousand yard rusher, credited some of that just for Keaton Mitchell's amazing speed but Mm. even the year before, Raji Harris had a great freshman year, so a lot of that goes to this offensive line. They've proven to be a really good run blocking goal line and If they could just improve a little bit in the pass protection department, you'll you'll have a complete set right there.
8: Oh yeah, Um, you know if you're able to run the ball, um, you know get the defense to sort of I guess shrink in the box or you know get a little tighter in the box to open up the field for um, the receivers and for the pass game. um, You know we start being able to do that and utilize each. I guess, Method of the offense between run and passing, you know, that's when you start uh, seeing some good results.
4: I was looking at the uh, history of this series uh, in the modern history, really, since '99. And uh, Bryce, you were part of one of these games, right? NC State ECU, the Damn. 2013 God. game in Raleigh. Mm-hmm. That was the one where the Pirate fans had the purple gold chant going in oh, yeah. <laughs> Carter Finley, right?
8: Yeah, yeah, that was definitely a fun time. Uh, you know, first playing – you know, first time ever playing State. I guess that was the only my only time ever playing State. But uh, it was fun, you know, because obviously watching, you know, ECU football when I was younger, you know, I knew State was a huge rival, um, you know, from watching it with my dad and everything. And obviously hear my dad talk about it and for us to go in there and, you know, pretty much turn the stadium uh, to Pirate fans was, was, a, was an awesome feeling. And I was fortunate enough to score in that touchdown uh, – score in that game – well, um so it was. That was a great experience. I realized forty-two to thirty, no, forty-two to twenty-eight. Yeah. Um, I remember that game kind of getting a little iffy, but I realized we just—I uh, thought it was closer than what it was. So that was good y'all
4: controlled it
8: throughout, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we definitely did. Um, there were some big plays made too. I think Lance um, Lance Ray made a big big touchdown on the whatever far end. Um, of the field or however you want to look at it um, that was that was definitely a fun time you always you know in those situations those type of games it's you know I always feel like a, you know the kind of the underdog playing an ACC team and I love being in that position um you know for those games and then to you know to beat them is kind of makes it even
0: sweeter
4: that was in the middle of a three game win streak uh, for East Carolina in this series the first one coming in 2010 Russell Wilson picked off by Damon Magazoo. Mm-hmm to end that one in overtime. And then uh, the the one Bryce was involved in 2013, Pirates go on the road, roll up 42 on the Wolfpack and a win. Mm-hmm. And then Scotty Montgomery's second game as head coach, <laughs> and everything's going great. Uh, Pirates beat the Wolfpack 33-30, to and that was the peak of the Scotty Montgomery era, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. And then you go back to the last two meetings. This is why I pulled this up. So you've got... The game where Scotty Montgomery had just got fired. Mike Houston was hired, I want to say, one day after this game, Bryce, if I recall. It might have been a little... I feel like it was very shortly after the game. But anyway, 58-3 to was that score and uh east carolina was blown out that day they got a field goal in the last play of the game by jake verity did not get shut out mm. and then the most recent game was 2019 that was mike houston's first game so his first uh time uh, on the sideline as the ecu head coach pirates got beat that day 34 to 6 this one's going to be different state is better than they were in 2019 in fact they're going to come into this game probably preseason top 15 wow they they have high aspirations this year and this is going to be ecu's best team that mike houston's had he's been able to get his guys in here so this is the first time in a long time where both teams really feel good about what they got going into a game so i'm excited for it yeah
8: i always i love uh it, obviously, it was great playing in that rivalry, but it is nice when you hear you know ECU State or ECU Carolina. Um, those are definitely games you know I, I definitely want to turn to and watch. Um, knowing how our guys played, you know, finished up last year, um, knowing we, what we got coming in and what we already have um, is definitely exciting. You know, maybe State thinks they're they're good, but hopefully we can. Uh, rise to the occasion again
4: and man for a season opener too i mean season openers are are fun regardless Mm. and is
8: that i didn't even pin it was that home is it home yeah
4: home opener we don't have a kickoff time yet uh but uh we're hoping for something later in the day and not that brutal noon uh, i like a
8: 330 uh, 330s are my favorite ones that Uh would
4: be uh lovely
8: yeah God, i'm all that's i'm
4: fired up i, mean, I, I know and then oh we got we got some time uh to talk about it yeah and get ready for it but that i mean that's gonna be a fever pitch right to start the season and by the way that's the first of four home games to start the season Bryce.
8: Dang, we got four in a row
4: all september wow. at home
8: which is not bad i mean it's God, that's gonna make the end of the year Kind of, well, we still got
4: a. It's five, not six. terrible because you got seven to five home to road games this year. Yeah. So you've got you do have two different circumstances where you play back to back road games, uh-huh. but it's never more than two in a row on the road. Okay. So not terrible. Yeah. But. Oh,
7: really
8: nice. There you it's go. Busy huh. September for. uh ECU staff.
4: Yeah, for the tailgaters <laughs> out there too. Get yeah. ready now. Don't uh don't wait to condition. Right, you yeah. got to be ready to go. Yeah. All right, uh Shirley Rhodes. Let's make somebody a winner here on this Tuesday. Open up the piratey Booty bay.
6: Booty 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 everywhere. Booty, booty 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 booty
4: everywhere. All right, what's on the line today, Shirley?
6: uh decisions, decisions. What shall I throw out today? Hey. Uh, why don't we do lunch for two at tiebreaker? The All
4: breaker. Right. The breaker. Great options there. You could go burger. You could go cheesesteak. Can I throw out my hack again? You can go with Chandler's hack. Which
0: is get the four cheese grilled cheese. Add either grilled or fried chicken. And have them toss a little bit of buffalo sauce on there.
4: And uh, thank me later. All right. <laughs> That's called the Chandler. Ask for the Chandler. Nice. I Sound. just
6: like the grilled Caesar salad that they have.
4: You could go for the Shirley. Uh, they got that, bur- the, that, that, that
8: breakfast burger. Yes, sir. Put The hangover. The, the hangover. Is, like is that waffle. what it's called? It's like waffles as your bun. Oh, yeah. I, oh, I've I know what you're though. talking
4: about. I've never gone. So, a lot of different ways you can go at Tiebreakers. What call are you looking for, Charlie? Eight. Caller eight three We're back after this.
1: listening to hour three of pirate radio live this hour of prl is brought to you by bud light reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly bud light the official beer of the ecu pirates and proudly distributed by carolina eagle distributing since 1989 now back to the show welcome
6: back Uh, At Angel Oak, they continue to make customer service a number one priority. A local mortgage advisor is the key to your transaction success. The combination of their local team's experience and Angel Oak's wide offerings of products from standard conventional, government, and portfolio loans has something for every financial situation. For more information, call Talbot Green, Braxton Green, Joanne Weir, or Wanda Hager at 751-2060. And congratulations to our friend Steve Hill who uh, picked up lunch for two at Tiebreakers. Tiebreakers is open every day at 11 a.m. and is the best place to watch your favorite sports while enjoying the best wings in town, along with sandwiches, appetizers, cold beer, and more. Follow Tiebreakers on Facebook and Instagram for daily updates. Now back to the show. Here's
4: Clip. All right, Bryce Williams, fresh off a marriage. Uh, Were you able to do any outdoors activity since we last talked to you, Bryce?
8: Um. Well, Anna and I did take the boat out yesterday.
4: Okay. Um, at the beach. So we did go for a little cruise and So when you do that, is there no there no fishing? Just no fishing. cruising. We were just cruising,
8: okay. you know, just hanging out, trying to we had to get out of the house. The weather finally broke a little bit. It was still real windy, but sun came out, warmed up a little bit. So we did take the boat out. Is that your boat? Um it was my father in law's boat who was at the beach. Are you still uh, working on your thing? So supposedly we got an update <laughs> yesterday that today's tuesday so it was either yeah yesterday um that the boat should be done this week well you know i'm kind of yeah taking it with a grain of salt so yeah. i'm hoping it is because the weather's nice i'd love to take it out so I'm, we do have better news than what we had you know two weeks ago as far as the completion of my boat so hopefully um i'll be back in the saddle All right. this week i you hope do. goodness gracious
4: alright uh, let's, let's get to some uh, dumb questions these were sent in by the listeners they did a great job and we asked the baseball players yesterday and even asked Mike Houston some of these questions mm. yesterday uh, this first one Bryce we've had 100% of the answers go one way oh, so wow. we'll see if you stay the same way oh, wow. uh, from Brady would you rather fight one gorilla sized chicken or ten chicken sized gorillas <laughs> So, one chicken the size Size of a a gorilla, gorilla. or ten gorillas, but they're little the size of the chicken.
8: I'm going, mm, hmm. I I think I'm going, I mean, do I have a weapon?
4: (laughs) I don't know. That was not specified.
8: (laughs) I think I'm going to go...
4: So, gor- so if you had a weapon, you,
8: smaller than that height was So, ten gorillas—that, I'm going uh ten gorillas <laughs> the size of a chicken.
4: That's what everybody has said, and yeah. everybody has just said that beak would be very intimidating and could probably impale you. So that
8: the beak, her flogging us. Well, I don't know. If, are we doing rooster or hen?
4: <laughs> I don't know. If it's
8: a rooster, he you know, spur you. He can fly, you know, and that's, oh, his spur yeah. would be probably a daggum that big, and I would not want to get yeah hit by that.
4: I would be scared. When you put it that way, those are some tiny little gorillas. gorillas. I was scared of them, like, jumping. So you got right. a few of them working on your <laughs> knees and then one jumping. But when they're that small, you can probably take Yeah, you kick them. Uh, Bryce, if you were to uh, to give it all up today and join the WWE, what would be your signature move? Mm. what would be your best move in the ring you think
8: i think i'm going um from the ropes almost like a uh can you do like a from the ropes like kind of kick or like a stomp stomp like a rope stomp
4: jump so you're on top of the turnbuckle yeah yeah you
8: jump and almost like a
4: yeah yeah some guy um, uh stomp i'll have to show you the um Okay, I'm thinking about um what is your favorite late night munchie
0: mm.
8: I mean sweet wise which I haven't done in a long time but I'm going sweet So I love Oreos yeah but you put them in a bowl and then put the and put a bowl, put the Oreos in the bowl and then pour milk on and eat like eat like uh eat it like cereal
4: all right, so basically, you're using the Oreos as cereal yeah, in that cereal. case. Oreos, I like cereal. Dunkin' getting a little soggy, but I've yeah, never gone patient. So do you you like cover them in milk?
8: Oh yeah, I think like should bowl put your Oreos in there, and the thing is, you eat them so quick, so you get caught up. If you if you're not careful, I mean, you'll eat a sleeve, and, <laughs> and you'll like, dang, that wasn't a good idea. Uh,
4: nah, yeah, but sounds like a tasty treat. Uh, by the way, this is Finn Balor. He does the coup de gras. I don't know if this is what you're talking about but he literally just jumps on a guy and stomps on him
8: it's kind of like that i always think yeah
4: and That's then seth rollins simple. does one where there's he used to do a curb stomp where he'd run and put his foot on the guy's head and mash it into the mat so, i don't know you could something like that uh what's your favorite cookout milkshake
8: uh oreo
4: mint back to the oreo we go yeah uh is this is an interesting one so there's a country boy in here yesterday that answered the way i would answer and then uh-huh. you had some city slickers and other folks that answered a different way i'm interested to see your take on this is a banana sandwich made with mayo or peanut butter
8: me if i'm doing it i'm doing peanut butter okay but i know people do you're familiar
4: mayonnaise. with the mm-hmm. yeah. banana
8: mayonnaise have I you had it before i never have i need to try edna's grandma said it's really good so i need to try it i would definitely probably definitely go duke's
4: I don't know Bananas. if it's good or if I was just tricked into thinking that as a kid. Because like, oh yeah, you think grandma made a banana sandwich? Oh, oh, yeah. oh these are great.
8: Oh know, my grandpa makes. My grandpa used to make tomato sandwiches look amazing. <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, bread. You know, your white bread, your mayonnaise, your black pepper, slice the tomato, and I did it one time. I'm like, mm, <laughs>
4: yeah, not uh, for me, not for me. Okay. Um, uh, well, this one was for the baseball guys do you remember any loud snorers on your football team back in the mm. didn't you tell us did you tell a story about it uh it's a combine. at the combine yeah, you told a story was... yeah some and we found the guy yeah uh but this was who snores the loudest on bus rides uh so i don't know anything come to mind for you
8: mm. no right. not as far are as are you snor-
4: a snore uh, i think kicked you out of bed? my
8: back and i'm if i'm on my back and i do fall asleep i think i'll have a little bit of a snore
4: does pineapple belong on a pizza
8: me yes a hawaiian i enjoy hawaiian pizza
4: it's kind of what i said yesterday i mean it's not your traditional topping and i'm not gonna poo poo it and sometimes i enjoy the ham bacon pineapple on a pizza
8: and that was a what poo poo it
4: like poo poo it yeah I'm not going to poo-poo that.
8: <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Feel free to use that. That uh, <laughs> came off smooth.
4: <laughs> poo-poo. Uh, and this is a good one here, Bryce. Uh, rank these buffets in order. Mm. So do your power rankings. Yikes. Chinese, breakfast, pizza, and then like a Golden Corral buffet. Mm. So what would your power rankings Dang. be for that? <laughs> That's a tough one there. I think... Mm i think
8: it's definitely for me gonna go chinese breakfast like a traditional and then a pizza pizza last so think, chinese dude, up think,
4: top i think chinese up top because i want mm. a good chinese buffet you
8: there's right. a lot of bad I ones out there Low mein yeah Low mein is so good yeah i think i'm
4: going chinese but... all right tough call there hmm but yeah. Bryce has made his decision. I'm, I'm just, hey, yeah. good job making the uh, decisions quickly too. I know. Hey, maybe in your married life, maybe, yeah. you've come more decisive. Now that I've been, now that I've been married, um, <laughs> you've already made your toughest decision in life. Now everything else, is exactly.
8: Easy. I know it's funny. <laughs> we were. Uh, I went out to eat with Jake and uh, his girlfriend, me and Anna last night. And I'm like, you know, now that I'm a married man, uh, I felt I was like, because I feel like I hadn't been eating as much we're having charity because most of them i never split a, split something with anna like to eat i'll either get my own right. thing, and we split like these tuna pokey nachos which were delicious and um we split it and i was kind of i was content i was like wait a second why am i not so concerned and jake was like since you've been married you've been married like not even 24 hours yet <laughs> what <wasn't> the <laughs> so, it was kind of
4: funny yeah um, you're a changed man you're know, a, brand know, man. a brand new man brand new man wow Here it is <laughs> i saw tonight that was uh bryce's song before we started it was youtube crap yeah. we can't play music what anymore stinks let's, let's take go. our uh final break we'll come back uh wrap things up with bryce williams here on a tuesday well, back... we don't have enough time to take our break last break let's keep it right here we'll keep let's it... keep All this right baby right going let's go baby. let's go let's ain't let's go. no stopping <laughs> oh speaking of stopping Price, Saturday on your wedding day. Probably as you were walking down the aisle. This is one of those freaky things. Uh-huh. I didn't think about this until I was telling Chandler about it on the day it was and what you were probably doing. I'm riding down Picosin Road. There it is. And there's something in the road. Uh-oh. And that something's moving. Uh-oh. And that something's moving really slow. Oh, there it is. And it was a turtle. And dag during it, I pulled a little blue over. But... I was i was near a stop sign it, it's a tricky spot too where uh-huh. there's 903 going there's a road to the side and there's my road so yeah. you got a fork deal uh-huh. and there's a lot of Uh-oh. stuff going on so i said man i wanted to get out take a picture potentially help it along yeah like my buddy bryce would do but instead i i just said goodbye i have to go i'm sorry Oh, and I, I i'm gonna assume it made it to where it was going and is having a great life right now yeah but, uh, yeah, I saw a, a turtle friend on the Heck road.
8: Heck yeah. Well, do not, if I'm ever am not able to get one, you cannot look in the rear view <laughs> if someone's behind you.
4: Yeah. Do not look in your rear view. Um, and it was, it's funny, too, because it was right in the middle of the road. I could have easily straddled it. Yeah. But I I, went, I was like, man, if I mess up this turtle, Bryce is going to find out, be upset <laughs> with me. I went all the way on the side of the road and was going to park there. But, uh, like I said, we had, had cars coming, so... But anyway, saw my first uh, right turtle on the road of there the
8: we season. Go. You know, I tell you what, Pacosan's got it out there.
3: Yeah,
4: we got a lot of wildlife. That
0: sticks. As, As we end the show, I do have a uh, lineup for ECU Duke. Starting lineup for ECU baseball.
4: You going to share it with the class?
0: Sure. I'll hurry up. All right. Starting <laughs> uh, at shortstop, leading off, Zach Agnos. Batting second, left field, Lane Hoover. Batting third and playing right field is Jacob Jenkins Cowart. Batting fourth, center fielder Bryson Worrell. Batting fifth is Jacob Starling playing second base. Batting sixth at the catcher position, Ben Newton. Josh Moreland will bat seventh playing first base. Alec Makarevich at third base, uh, batting eighth. And then batting ninth is Cameron Kloch uh, in the DH spot. And then the starting pitcher tonight for ECU is Merritt Beaker.
4: Beaker. all right. Oh, so. that's the North Davidson fella. There you go. In Davis County. Davis County. <laughs> Uh, Bryce enjoyed it man thank y'all for having me have a great rest of your week we'll, uh, seems like I see you more now that we do Tuesdays it's very weird I know. it's strange how that happens yeah. but it's a good thing so uh, we'll talk to you next Tuesday I'll we'll have more of Pirate Football Talk for you Shirley Rhodes, Chandler Honeycutt we'll see y'all tomorrow 3 o'clock right here on
1: Pirate Radio Live so long everybody thanks for listening to Pirate Radio Live an exclusive presentation of the voice of the Pirate Nation